Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, the show is about... To start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnabinium Company. Served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. And part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Ace Sanders. Pressure. Penny just dives in. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live 
From the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks. Sinorama, located in West Columbia, is, of course, owned and operated by Matt Vaughn, and he is a Gamecock himself, so we call that Gamecock owned and operated. Sinorama.com. Served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. It is some fine, fantastic stuff. It's going to be chilly this weekend. If you want to cozy up by the fire and sip on some good bourbon, I would suggest Chicken Cock. If you don't know where to find it, pull up the Chief Sports app, click the scroll down a little bit, click the chicken cock challenge button, and you can find some very close to you in a liquor store nearby. And of course, built by the barndominiumco.com. The Barndoco is what they're called in four states, the Carolinas, Georgia, and in Tennessee. Phil, JB, JC will be here in just a minute. Uh, he's um, uh, working on a, a, a technical issue, uh, but that will be solved and he'll be in and be a part of our conversation we're about to have with the very talented Hale McGranahan from bigspur.com. Uh, Hale will catch us up on the latest from a recruiting standpoint and much, much more here today on this uh, what's about to be chilly Tuesday and rainy Tuesday afternoon across the state of South Carolina. Tonight at 9 o'clock on ESPNU and, of course, on the Gamecock Sports Network, South Carolina will tip off against the Georgia Bulldogs, who are having a fine start to the season as they walk in at 12-4, and 2-1 and one in SEC play, looking to clip Carolina on their home court. Derek Scott will join us at 12.05 to talk about that. Gamecocks looking to, to improve to 3-1 and one as well, as are the Dogs uh, in league play with a trip to Arkansas on the horizon. And then the Wildcats of Kentucky will walk in next Tuesday night uh, looking to uh, bring the big Blue Nation with them. But all that's down the road. We've got uh, plenty of hoops to get to, some news from Carolina baseball as well. And uh, we'll dabble in some NFL stuff and – some NBA stuff in case many in case any of you missed what happened last night with a former South Carolina basketballer. This guy's a baller himself. Hale McGranahan joining us as he does on Tuesdays to lead off our program. What's up, brother? What's going on? How are y'all? We are good. Everything is, uh, you know, just fine and dandy. Right, Phil? Everything's good? Mad Dog? Yeah, everything's going, going swimmingly. As, as long as Mad Dog's good, we're good. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to. You don't want to piss off the producer. If Mad Dog ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah, ain't nobody right. happy. Right. Yeah, you get that right. Um, again, Hale, you probably just heard me mention it. JC will be in uh, here in, in just a in just a minute. But um, glad to have you. Uh, I, I know one of the things that's been on the minds of Gamecock fans over the last few days is the uh, quarterback situation. Robbie Ashford made it in this weekend. Hale, do you have an update? No, not really. Just wow. waiting to see what's going on with him. It's been pretty quiet on that front. He he visited Utah, I guess, a week before he, he visited South Carolina. I don't know if there's anyone else who's in the mix. Uh, been okay. been pretty quiet. He, he came in on Friday, and I don't know if he spent the night, uh, but I do know he wasn't around until Sunday. It wasn't like a full – Full on weekend, like like some guys do. Some you know transfer portal guys take visits at different rates, and you know as far as how long they're there and, and that kind of thing. So it's uh, again just a, <clears throat> not a lot to to say at this point because don't really know a whole lot. He he was not the welcome home last night that that Beamer sent out Tony Morrell. I got word that that was for Gilbert Edmond, uh, even though we'd gotten word late last week that that he was likely coming back, and it was reported. Uh, by Gamecock Central that that it was happening uh, yesterday, I guess, is when when they put that out. Then someone from 24-7 uh, 
posted the same thing a little while later. So uh, as far as the specifics with that and why Beamer tweeted when he did and where Gilbert Edmond was and, and what he's been doing and all that stuff, uh, he, he was the welcome home last night. So that, that uh, to kind of put that to bed, I guess. Somebody, do we need to send Shane a text and straighten him out? I mean, it should be welcome back home, right? Like, don't 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 be throwing loops at you know, all these fans. You know, they get all excited during the middle of work. You know, it might be a surgeon in there about to do something. You know, to save somebody's life. Oh shoot, I got to welcome home. Let me find out who this is. Keep him breathing for a minute. Shane, if you just if you say welcome back, then everybody knows it's Gilbert. So then then they're not in you know freak out mode trying to figure it out. So so we need to get a hold of him and get that straight, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he'll he'll you know he'll listen, listen to this on the podcast or if he's watching right now live on, yeah. on his YouTube burner account. Um, Shane, <laughs> uh, whatever JB said, I'll I'll go with that too. That surgeon that if that surgeon is distracted though, that's that could be a problem. <laughs> he needs a new heart, sir. Like it's it's it, yeah, but we've got to welcome home here. I got I got to figure out who the who this guy is before we put the guy's yeah. heart back in his body. Uh, and analysis yeah. might not be too far out of the way. I've, I've got a story about going to the ER the night the Deshaun Watson Clemson team won the national championship against Alabama. <laughs> that uh, was a nightmare here in the upstate and uh, spent four hours waiting in an emergency room waiting area, thinking that I had a blood clot in my leg. Ooh. And when I finally thought, uh, yeah, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I was scared. Um, when I finally go back behind the doors, there were televisions set up and everybody who worked at the hospital was glued to the television. And you can only imagine how irate I was thinking that I was dying in the waiting room. Hey, <laughs> while they were just go on and die, Phil. Go Tigers. Football. Right. Yeah. It Fo- was football it, matters. Yeah. I had a nasty infection in my leg. Yeah, uh, from, yeah getting cut and working in the backyard. But uh yeah, I almost died. Yeah, because of uh Deshaun Watson and that Clemson team. <laughs> I mean, you know, college <laughs> athletics in general just means more in the side. I remember the night my kids were born, I was watching the Clemson Carolina baseball game, uh, you know, up until about thirty minutes before they said, Hey, we gotta we gotta if you don't mind, sir, we've got to get back here and get these. Oh yeah, I cut out on Phil and walk off here. I cut out on Phil and Dina's reception to listen to the golden tones of Mike Morgan call. God, I think it was a North Carolina Super Regional that year. It was 03. Yeah, it was, was, it was that Super yeah, yeah. at home where they they went on the road. It was and won. I was uh, 03. It was 04 was when we beat North Carolina in the Supers at home. What who did they beat in the Supers at home in 03? Uh, they were. Um, That's the year they the snuck road. in and lost to uh, beat Are LSU in that eleven to ten. It was somebody, whoever they one played the Super. One of those years we went to Georgia Tech. That was in the first round, though. That that one that was that was oh five. Oh, that was a regional. Yeah, yeah. I think I it was. Moved, East, I think it was East Carolina. Okay, I had moved to yes. East Carolina was one of those opponents. Yeah, I think um, it was two thousand. That was two thousand. That was oh three. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I went to the. Dean and Phil were having their reception. I went out to the card because that's the only way you could get the baseball back then. This wasn't on TV. Listen Very few until you get to Omaha. So, uh, sorry, yeah. Phil, but I did have a wonderful, uh, glorious time at y'all's wedding. So, no, that there was, was alcohol. So, we can't blame you there. That was oh, three might have been North Carolina. And then, because, well, they played North Carolina like a few years in a row in different, like one time North Carolina came to the regional in Columbia. 
and then there were there was a series of supers. Oh, oh four was East Carolina. Oh, okay, three was North Carolina. That's and right. Then, and That's then and right. then and then I started going on the road to Chapel Hill for the supers and lost all of those. So yeah, oh seven and twenty thirteen. There, Whittle was in Chapel Hill for about nine days in twenty thirteen to cover that. So it was crazy. But I'm sorry, Hale. I just came in and run, ran all over you. I'm sorry for being late. My, com- my computer wouldn't turn all day. This computer's eight I, years old, right? So I'm getting nervous. Back, back to regular scheduled programming. Yeah. Um, Hale, you know, so look, let's talk about Robbie Ashford for a minute. I, you're a, a very uh, thorough and, and smart guy. You do your homework. You know, he's a, he's a, he's been around for a while in college football. Um, I, I, I think, and I don't, I don't, I don't blame him at all. I, I did the same thing. I, I think a lot of the fan base will look at his, look at his stat lines and, and discover it's not very impressive. And so they kind of wonder if this kid does commit to South Carolina, like what would they be getting in him? I, he was a two port, uh, two sports star coming out of high school. He, he was a baseball player and a hell of a baseball player. And he was a football player. He played at Oregon. And of course now he's played at Auburn. I went back, um, Hale, and um, if you you may have seen this before, but if you haven't, you can go to my Twitter page. I had retweeted it. It was pretty neat. It was a video from 2020. He was being coached by Coach Spurrier uh, in an All Star game down in Florida, and that was pretty neat. Uh, watching him, you know, th- show him how to kind of, you know, how Coach Spurrier teaches how those quarterbacks how he wants them to hold the football, and that was pretty cool. Um, and and then you know pulled some of his game tape, and he certainly had some struggles, but you know, actually, when you watch him, he's a hell of an athlete. So, like, if he does uh, commit to South Carolina, by the way, badass hat, man. Hats off to you for, for wearing a great lid from my neck of the woods down here uh, on the way to Folly Beach. Um, Crosby's uh, seafood, for anybody wondering. Um, so, if, if this kid ends up committing to the Gamecocks, like, how would you describe him to South Carolina's fan base, his potential, and, and all those type things, what he could add to this QB room? He would add another – Good athlete, uh, essentially uh, Nor- Lenore Sellers. What what they're trying to get out of him uh, is, is a guy who can run and, and throw. Like may- maybe not quite as as good as what South Carolina is hoping for. Like the ceiling with Lenore Sellers. Like clearly Robbie Ashford is is not not there. Uh, at least he hadn't been to this point in his college career. Uh, he's he's a big guy who can run. He's got a pretty good arm. Like he's got some arm talent. It just if if you look strictly at the stats, it's they're not going to wow you. He, he started seven or eight games uh, at, in 2022, and and was a backup in 2023 at Auburn, and was he he played a lot this past season, but was mostly as a a run run threat to to help you know short yardage and goal line situations. So. He's a backup quarterback. He's an SEC backup quarterback. And if, if you're looking at a system that could be in place with, with Lenora Sellers and that type of skill set, it would allow South Carolina to, to have a guy who can step in and there's going to be little to no change within the offense. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about somebody like Dante Arena, for example, if he was to have to come in behind Lenora Sellers, things would look quite different because Dante's not the athlete that these guys are. He, he's a pretty good athlete, but he, he's certainly not going to be a, a guy you're going to be out there having, you know, quarterback design runs, and, and Robbie Ashford could do that. So he's been around in college football since 2020, so he's older. He, he's played 
a good bit in the SEC. So there, there's a lot of value you can get there as a guy who's a backup quarterback uh, with, with someone like him, someone with his resume. And that's been the plan since early December, probably before then when South Carolina began looking at what they were going to do to address the quarterback position through the portal. Um, and there's like, like this has been the, the course since day one. That's what I'm trying to say. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he, if, if they can get him, that, that would be a nice pickup for all those reasons I just laid out and, and being basically a guy who can come in and, and give you a lot of consistency with what you're trying to do on offense. It, it, do you, are you aware of what other programs are involved involved right now with him? He visited Utah earlier this month, and beyond that, I, I don't know for sure. There, there's been a lot of quarterbacks who have committed uh, or transferred within the last week or so, and I think some of those schools might have been schools that were interested in him. Um, so beyond Utah, I, I, I can't say for sure at this point. That is the voice of Hale McGranahan, TheBigSpur.com. Speaking of quarterbacks, Coach Beamer and Coach Loggins made the trek up to, I think they flew into like St. Louis or something, but uh, they're, they're somewhere up there visiting 25 quarterback Ryan Montgomery. Uh, fill us in on that situation. Uh, to, he, he was, I guess they flew into Toledo. Uh, he's, he's up in that part of Ohio. Not St. Louis. Toledo, St. Louis, all the same. Yeah, thing. I mean they're they're kind of near each other on the map, so close enough. Um, yeah, so they went and watched Ryan Montgomery, twenty twenty five quarterback, four star, played basketball yesterday afternoon. Uh, in the afternoon, I think it was around two thirty is when his game started. So they're up there and watched him play and got to uh, go see what he brings that way uh, athletically, and he'll be down on Saturday. Montgomery will will be down in Columbia on Saturday for. I believe it'll be his fourth fourth visit to South Carolina. He's got a couple others scheduled going to Georgia, uh, I think maybe two days later. And then he'll be at Florida. I believe it'll be that first weekend in February. And after that, could be decision time for this guy. So okay. we're, we're getting close to maybe seeing uh, a resolution to the 2025 quarterback pursuit by South Carolina. Yeah, I, so – you know, I, I saw what you were trying to do last night in the VIP room, and I didn't find it very funny. Uh, your, your your little snippet there about uh, the disappointment that Beamer and Loggins left the gym with. For the, I'm not going to read it out loud. I'm just kidding. Hale, actually, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was very well done. Um, but I'm sure somebody was like, oh, my, what happened here? Oh, wait. No, they stopped so reading did, and went to Twitter. Yeah, they stopped <laughs> reading, went right to Twitter, and uh, yeah, exactly, you know, started calling their friends and family and, and the whole nine yards. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, then read it at bigspur.com Last night's VIP room, Hale was uh, he's, he he was just toying with everybody's emotions. Um, well, I'll say this, JB: if if anybody was still reading to that point, still in the story, like I I appreciate that. Sometimes people <laughs> would have to consider to win. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, I was. Um, yeah, no, appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's where that's where uh, uh, Phil and myself, and believe it or not, even JC, it's where we get our information, and then we regurgitate it as our own without crediting you for your hard work. Yeah, that's what um, I and, always do. Isn't that how you're supposed to do this? Uh, you, you you tell everybody what you know when you have a show, and even though you're not the one that actually did the homework, you don't credit them. You just act like you have sources. Isn't that the way it works, Hale? I do that sometimes, yeah. 
I'll have a show. That's, that's my whole game, y'all. That's my I know whole some game. people. I know some people like that. Uh, that's why they're not here. Um, so are they uh, here? Yeah, they might be here. They probably are. Actually, are uh, and they're sl- slouching down in their chairs right now. Also, though, in the report last night, you, you mentioned a name uh, of a guy that I'm really excited about, Emory Floyd. Um, Hale, fill us in on what his plans are for those that didn't get a chance to get into the VIP room last night. Um, uh, if, if that's okay, I don't want to, you know, discourage anybody from subscribing, but, but, uh, fill us in on him. I think he's a kid that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this spring as far as the secondary goes. Yeah. Last year he ran track for the Gamecocks track team. He started when, when they're in, in the indoor season, which it starts, you know, this time of year, mid early to mid January. So he's doing that stuff and when spring practice got going for football, he, hit pause for track and focus solely on football and uh, then pick track back up once, once spring ball is over. And he had a little bit of success. He, he raced in the Southeastern conference finals for the 60 meter. And I think he finished like 22nd or something pretty respectable, I would say. Um, But not, you know, a scoring level type of performer for the track team. So with that in mind, uh, the, the track program and, Shane Beamer and his staff came to the consensus that it would be best for Emory to, to focus solely on football uh, right now. So if, if you're a South Carolina fan who's wondering what the heck's going to happen at cornerback, uh, you got Emory Floyd full-time now. So maybe that'll help maybe get him to a level that uh, is, is good enough to be a starter and uh, be real serious about competing for, for that starting job. Not that he wasn't serious about it, but uh, he, he's going to be – full-time football now so an interesting development and uh, and I think certainly one that uh, is kind of the backstory to to the Nick Harbor thing uh, and I'll, I'll shift to that aspect of it for you JB and I, I'm personally excited to see what what this spring is going to look like for him he's going to run track and play football and he's he's not going to hit pause on track when football spring practice starts he's going to do both and He's going to try to make a run at the Olympics in Paris this summer. So, wow. Yeah, that's but that's not a new development. He's that's been his plan all along since he was being recruited by South Carolina. That's part of the reason why he's at South Carolina is because he knew he was going to have the opportunity to to do what's what's in store for him this spring. That would just be wonderful. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be neat uh, to, to see, you know, one of your wide receivers, Running in the Olympics, I'm a huge Olympics fan. I love the Summer Olympics, and and uh, that would just be awesome uh, to to be able to watch this guy represent the United States and and the University of South Carolina and and, all, and his family and all that type of stuff over in Paris. I hope he makes it. That would be really really cool. See, I'm not a big Olympics guy, but I would watch it in that case because uh, that's during the time we're all football starved anyway. So it'd be like. I love the Summer today. Olympics, man. I don't just, know. I don't know. I've just never gotten into it. I'm, I'm not a big really? swimming guy. And uh, oh, basketball, it. when it was the college kids, when, when the United States was actually, like, able to lose uh, every now and then. Of course, the, the pros have lost some lately. But uh, I, I liked it when it was college basketball players. And and I watched the Dream Team the first couple of years. But I don't know. Uh, the organization and stuff is kind of weird. And I, I don't know. But uh, – 
Heck, uh, they're going to have flag football in, in the Los Angeles Olympics in 10 years, so I'll yeah. definitely watch that. So, uh, But this would this would give, I think, all of Gamecock Nation this summer during a time where people are kind of at the beach or getting over the last baseball loss of the year or whatever, something to rally around big time. I hope, so, I hope I, go, makes- Nick, go. Go Nick, run, man. Nick, that's run, awesome. Run, Forrest, run. Be a now, great campaign for South Carolina to get behind for for one of their star athletes. That'd people are going to start asking about how it affects football, though. And honestly, if he gets to the Olympics, he goes to the Olympics. It's going to put him behind in football. I mean, there's there's not uh, any way around that. But I think sometimes you know, there's not very many things more important than than football around here when it comes to athletics. I think this would be one that you know you, you hey look it's fine go go get the gold medal yeah, dude. we can worry about football you, later you get you a know? chance to go to the Olympics you go you go I mean, you, there's you, no you doubt go chase no that doubt. gold baby no yeah. doubt Woo. yeah forget the keyboard warriors you go to the freaking Olympics yeah yeah, dude, uh, yeah you know no and I hope he goes and runs his rear end off over there in Paris hey, How, can I ask Hell something before, before well of course you can hey, Hell so I, I thought you know in my opinion if there was one 2025 quarterback that you could put money, you had to put money on, like for the Gamecocks. Don't you think it would be Ryan Montgomery? I'm basing that somewhat on some intel, somewhat on impression. You kind of get impressions about him too. What What are your thoughts about that? Am I kind of off base, or uh, what do you think? No, you're you're right on target, and he's been the primary guy they've been going after for almost a year now. I I would say, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably a safe bet. What, what are they What do they like about him? What do they like about him? Uh, he's he's a good passer. He, he watched the, the tape and he can throw the ball really well. And he's not just a passer; he can run the ball too. He's he's a good athlete. I mean, I wrote about his athletic ability in in the VIP room a little bit, or sort of alluded to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, what, I, what do they like about him? Well, he's a good player. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, JB, I don't know. What do you want me to say, man? I'm not sitting in the. No, I'm laughing at it myself because I'm Jesus. sitting here thinking it's kind of a dumb question, you know? Like, uh, yeah, well, what do they like about this guy? You know, like, what are they, what are they like? I didn't know if there was something like more specific he's, or something like that, but like, yeah. Kind of you got to understand with Montgomery, too, man. That's somebody we've been tracking. Hale's been tracking on the website for like two years. So it's like probably. Yeah. You get a little like Ryan Montgomery fatigue sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. you know, yeah, so it's Ryan Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. But, but he's, no, man. what I'm gathering here is he's kind of a dual threat guy. Like, I don't know if you describe him as that, but he, but he could be. He's he's an athlete. He's not just a he, He's got some athletic ability, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, he's not just a guy who's going to drop back and uh, pass the ball. I mean, he's he, he could run the ball uh, a little bit, too, if, if you wanted to have him do that, for sure. Okay. Cool. Um, so let me ask you this too. Uh, I, I noticed that you had put some notes in there last night about a bunch of uh, in-state guys in the 25 class. I mean, it's probably early because we still have to, as you pointed out before, a lot of guys really develop uh, in their, their senior year, juniors and senior years and things like that. And it all changes, but the, the 25 class, how would you describe it at this point in time? You know, if you had to compare it to some of the previous classes we've seen from a, from a talent standpoint. Yeah, in state, it's th- there are a lot of really solid prospects. Not necessarily the the top end blue chip guys. The the, the volume isn't there as as has been in the past. Uh, the the defensive lineman from South Florence who's committed to Clemson, Mari Adams is is probably one of the few 
Uh, and there are a couple other guys who you can make a case for, or uh, I can make a case for as far as being, you know, a, a four-star guy. I, I think Shed Surratt, who Brandon Kuhn mentioned from Gaffney, an offensive lineman, is is someone who's close to to being that type of prospect. I think if if he's not there already, I mean, we have him as a three-star in twenty-four-seven, but but I certainly think he's got four-star ability. Malik Clark, the the receiver from Rock Hill who was offered by South Carolina on Friday, is in that conversation as well. Uh, he, he topped out at 10.86 in the 100-meter last spring for, for Rock Hill High, and and he's a good player on tape when you watch the tape. Uh, JB, if you want me to tell you what they like about him, I, I, I'll, I'll try to do a little bit better job this time around. Um, then, then another intriguing guy, third, third and final name off the ratchet, as, as someone who could potentially be – in that conversation as a four stars, uh, Anthony Addison, defensive end, outside linebacker from Sumter, who's, who's got a South Carolina offer and uh, a few others as well, who who I think could be someone who's who's looked at as, as a candidate to be that four star type of prospect. In your conversations, what have you uncovered about the kid from Blythewood, the DN? Florida seems to be like our at least last year, I don't know with all their staff changes and stuff and things have changed, seems to be in love with the guy. I know he's coming to some games. I know he came to the Vanderbilt game. Um, your thoughts about him? I don't think Carolina's officially offered, have they? Ster- Sterling Sanders, Sterling? I guess. Is yeah, he's a, ta- he's a defensive tackle. He, he doesn't have an offer from Florida either. Uh, he, uh, he's, a, he's a big guy, and, and he's got some movement ability. He, he, he's a little stiff, but – I, I think that there's something there as far as him being being a guy who can play at this level. He's got a few group of five offers right now. But but there's some flashes in, in ability when you when you watch his highlights. You you can see a little bit that, that there's something there, but but South Carolina's uh they have not offered him and aren't really talking to him a whole lot right now. Yeah, yeah. He's probably go to camp guy. Go to camp guy. But yeah, I think there'll be more kind of guys uncovered. That Anthony Addison kid is probably the type of guy in the past that would have been on the national radar early or and, and I'm not I'm not coming down on our guys that cover the state um, at all. A lot of them do not live near South Carolina though. So whereas like at twenty four seven when it was my home state and we had Ryan Barto, who is familiar with the state, and Kip Adams, who's right next door, Georgia, familiar with the state. Um, these guys aren't necessarily they don't they don't have South Carolina ties, and and I kind of felt that way when I covered Mississippi when I was doing this because I was like, I ain't never been to Mississippi, you know. <laughs> and it was it was tough. So we, I admittedly, I struggled with states sometimes that were, you know, a little bit far away from my home base and and were small, and and you have to kind of search for guys, but. Yeah, I think it'll work out in state and um, all this Amari Adams stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but we can't we can't all sit around and collectively whine and cry and wipe each other's tears on that. There's there's plenty of fish in the sea for 2025, right? Uh, I don't know. Defensive tackle is pretty important position for South Carolina. <laughs> we, we will we will start. Uh, crying <laughs> the uh the the way that roster's set up right now for two years down the it's road scary uh, detail they're, dude. they're uh, gonna they got some more portal work to do with that position i think uh go get you a sophomore from somewhere that's a disgruntled or something uh moving forward so yeah it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be plug 
it's going to be kind of some plug and play uh, there. Good news is there's always there's always a D tackle or two at the JUCO ranks. Some of most of the time from the state mm-hmm. that you can go get. They're not always great, but sometimes they're Javon Kinlaw, so you know, or, or Cleveland Pinckney. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Daryl Shropshire, and Jabari Ellis, Jabari Ellis, Jabari Ellis, Jabari Ellis. Uh, Hale, have you have you learned or heard anything uh, as far as uh, how it's going thus far in uh, winter workouts? Have not. No, I'd, I'd rather keep naming former Gamecocks who played at the JUCO level before they came to South Carolina. That'd be a great podcast. That's compelling that podcast that. material. <laughs> we're, we're, we're more of a show now than a podcast, though. So I guess it's podcast. Yeah, sorry, like sorry to pigeonhole y'all. Excuse they me. They sound like this. Hail, hi, hail. Welcome to the podcast. Good to talk to you today. All right, so Hale McGranahan's here with us. <laughs> Hale, we will let you run on that note, my friend. Good update, good report, as always. Uh, those who are subscribed to the Big Spur get to uh, read his fine work every day. Those who aren't, you're missing out, and we, of course, would encourage you to do so. Um, but uh, it's that time of the year, again, where uh, visits and all those type things are ongoing, and this is a big weekend, and so is next weekend, uh, a couple of junior weekends coming up at South Carolina. That, this cat right here, Hale McGranahan, will be all over it. We look forward to getting those reports. And as we mentioned earlier, regurgitating all that information as our own. Appreciate it, y'all. See you, buddy. Thanks, Thank Hale. you. There you go. Uh, Hale McGranahan joining us from Columbia, South Carolina. It's 1132. It is January the 16th. It's January the 16th. I hate January. Hang tight. We've got plenty of hoops to get to. Derek Scott is ahead. He will call the game tonight between the dogs and the Gamecocks, and more. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock-related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids' stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com, a tradition unlike the others. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing. 
GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Mullinax, and Jamie Bradford. All right, welcome back. It is 11.35 inside the Gamecocks, the show. Here on this uh, Tuesday, January the 16th, 31 days until the first pitch is thrown at Founders Park from Carolina Baseball. Today, the D1 Baseball Boys put out their top 25, and the Gamecocks are in it at the end of it. Number 25 to be exact. Uh, if you have not seen that from uh, D1 Baseball. But uh, South Carolina is pretty much probably going to be in every uh, preseason top 25. Uh, Derek Scott, is, of course, is the voice for Carolina Baseball, too. We won't we won't really get into that with him today as the uh, basketball guys have a big game tonight. But um, a lot of SEC teams are, are in it this year once again. And uh, it's going to be another challenging season. The, by the way, if you haven't paid attention, the SEC slate opens on the road at Ole Miss. Carolina is uh, returning in 2024 following that 42-21 and 21 record that ended in Gainesville in the Super Regionals last year. For what it's worth, they've got Clemson at number 10, which I found uh, interesting. But um, Carolina likes where they are coming into the season, and we will have plenty on that over the coming weeks. Yeah, Clemson will be uh, really good all year and uh, lose to Carolina 2-3 or three and Get bounced right. in their own regional. That's exactly what everybody's kind of 
That's sort of what they've been doing the last 10 years up there, you know? No, I'm just teasing. I I actually think it's better for the, it's great for the state when both teams go to Omaha, I think. I think it's tremendous. And uh, certainly we all like South Carolina's success against that particular program on the biggest stage over and over and over again. So you get a little worried if you have to play them again in the in the playoffs because in this sport, all things, you know, the Red Sox eventually beat the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's scary. But, no, I, I think it's good. that they, I think they're a little low. And I'm not – I'm, I'm going to pull out my baseball expert hat and say, you know, other polls have them around 13, 14, 15. I, I think they're a little low. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, – a lot of people's favorite teams that, that maybe they, they couldn't quite rank the Gamecocks above, you know, you know, you kind of go on a limb. This team's going to be good this year. <clears throat> Same thing happens in football and basketball. So I think some favorite teams may have passed the Gamecocks and um, maybe the Gamecocks aren't anybody's favorite team. Which yeah. Is I, mean. I don't know. I, I, you know, I put a lot of stock generally into the, uh, the D1 baseball guys. I mean, Aaron Fitt and Kendall Rogers, Mike Rooney, those guys, Joe Healy, those guys, they're good. They're really they're the good. most incredible poll. Oh, think. there's no yeah, question. No question. Yeah. I, 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 they're I, just an outlier right now in Carolina. Yeah. And, and, but that's all right. I mean, that, that's okay. You know, I mean, this is, a, this is a team that's bringing a bunch of transfers in and, and, um, and I could understand and, and, and look, they lost a lot of their pitching, uh, last year. And then, you know, they are getting healthy from it, from that standpoint, as far as the staff goes. And so they've got some guys going to, you know, outside of Eli Jones and, you know, probably Becker and, and Veach, uh, which by the way, all of them have dealt with health issues. Uh, they don't really have anybody proven. I mean, Roman Kimball has shown it. Um, but you know, he's got to be healthy and I think he's going to be, he's going to be fine. So um, here's my point. There's a lot of question marks and, and these guys, if I've learned anything about this, this group of gentlemen that, that covers, uh, college baseball, they, they always caution on the, you know, on the conservative side, uh, and, and kind of make you prove it when there's a bunch of question marks and, and South Carolina has got a bunch of talent. Don't, don't get me wrong. And I think they're going to be pretty good shape, but these guys, you know, they they kind of make you earn it a little bit. And hey, look, same thing last year. I mean, Gamecocks weren't very highly thought of, and they were almost number one in the country before they started going down with a bunch of injuries. So, same spot, different year. Prove it, and um, I got a feeling that they will. So, looking forward to that. And one of the one of the neat things too, I'll add, and then we'll, we'll kind of move on here from from Gamecock baseball. Um, hats off to 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 the administration and coach. Coach King and and um, and all those guys for you know trying to trying to get this team in places where you can see them play uh, without if you can't make it to, to Founders Park they're going to head to North Augusta on Tuesday March twelfth and take on Georgia State at SRP Park I think uh, from what I heard they did that specifically for Craig Godwin um, so uh, so hats off to you Craig you get your wish get the Gamecocks coming to your hometown. Um, and then you know they're they're playing the second game of the Clemson series at, at Segra in Columbia, which is great in my opinion. Uh, I love that game being there. Um, but they are going to go up to to Greenville on March nineteenth and play USC Upstate. So you'll get a chance to see them in the Upstate, and then they'll return to Charlotte this year to take on North Carolina uh, in uh, in April as well. So the, you know they're they're coming to Charleston to play Citadel in April. I mean they're. They're doing the best they can to get around the state. They're going to uh, play at Winthrop in May, 
And, of course, that's in Rock Hill. So they're doing everything they can to let the fans who can't make it to Columbia at least be able to try to see them as close to their hometowns as possible. It's, that's one thing that Coach Tanner started that a long time ago, and Coach Holbrook uh, continued that, and Coach Kingston has continued that. Gamecock baseball has been very good about going around the state and playing ball games. So I, I like when they do it in basketball, too. I mean, one year Frank's team – did not play – they played – I think they played in the Charleston and the Myrtle Beach tournament. They played a neutral site game in Rock Hill against Florida State and then a uh, a game in Greenville, maybe. Or maybe they played Clemson. Uh, but And then Lamont played East Carolina in Greenville recently. I, I like that – all those sports. I, I like it in basketball and baseball because those sports, because they play on weeknights sometimes or it's a three-game set, you can't always get to Columbia uh, – like in football, you, you can get there seven out of 12, 13 weeks, right, or six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. hard to get there every single weekend or every other weekend uh, or at 9 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you got these Saturday neutral site or neutral court games, and it's right down the road, and, hey, great, let's celebrate. So um, I think uh, I like that idea in both sports. I really do. Yeah, it's a it's – a- it's a good tradition um, of these guys being able to kind of pass it around a little bit and let the hometown kids come come see them play. So hats off to them. We'll have Coach King on here soon. Uh, once they get practice underway and all that type of stuff, uh, he'll join us and Monty will join us and we'll have probably the entire staff at some point. Uh, and um, once again, uh, for those that are familiar with how we did it last year and how I've done things since I've been in media, uh, which is 10 years, we will have a celebration of Gamecock baseball on opening day. And uh, certainly, certainly look forward to all of that. Uh, tonight at 9, and Derek's coming up at uh, 12.05 today to uh, discuss more of this. It is, as D- JC just pointed out, Gamecock basketball looking to go 3-1. Uh, and one. That will be played on ESPNU. I would suggest uh, all of you, uh, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but uh, Roy Philpot will be on the call. So why don't you – Mute it and listen to Derek Scott, who will be on the call beginning at 8.30 with uh, Casey Manning. Speaking of Gamecock basketball, formerly of the program and second-round draft pick, Gigi Jackson is is having a week. Uh, he's got back-to-back 20-point games. He is the second-youngest player in NBA history. Second-youngest player in NBA history to score 20-plus points in back-to-back games. Hey, the I've got other? A- anybody know who the other is? <laughs> anybody know who the other is? 20 points back-to-back. No, no clue. Probably LeBron gonna dig James. <laughs> LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. And last night uh, on uh, the NBA on, M- on TNT, when Shaquille O'Neal began speaking with him, he – covered his mouth in shock and awe that he was speaking to Shaq. Uh, it was it was a really neat moment. Uh, I was going to pull the video. didn't have time to get to it this morning. If you haven't seen it, what a moment for Gigi Jackson. Hey, Gigi, this is Shaq. Mm-hmm. I love Shaq, man. Shaq is one of the most underrated NBA superstars in the history of NBA superstars. He's a good person, too. You ever know, you know, and you know, Shaq has like a bunch of. You know, he owns part of Papa John's Pizza. Yeah, and he also have you seen the have you seen the Shaq burgers? Dude, they're unbelievable looking. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and they say he's like, you know, he gets in and 
he, 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 like he actually manages his business. It's not just mailbox money. He gets in there, test the food and quiet quality and all that. But what a moment for Gigi Jackson. And look, Gigi had a year here where the team wasn't very good. He wasn't very good, you know, as far as maybe all the time being on the same page, but he's a 17 year old kid and it's in South Carolina's best interest for him to be as good as possible. Cause you know what? It's always going to say college colon. South Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, and you can always tell, but this is where Gigi Jackson played, you know, uh, and it is great. If he could become great at an all pro that just helps this basketball program. Cause how long has it been since South Carolina's had like an all all-star NBA player? Is it, it would go Alex English. You'd have to go back to Alex English to get an all-star NBA guy. Golly. I'm trying to think of everybody that has played there in the last in the NBA, did Ryan Stack ever make an all-star team or no? No. no. Okay, so it's got to be. It's got to be Alex English, right? I would think. Right. Unless Dozier snuck in without us knowing during his quixotic career. He, he, I mean, he's been really good at times, and you know, and played. I don't – but, you know, but unlike like the Pro Bowl and, and the NFL where – as when guys opt out and a bunch of them do, they fill the spot. And so you can be a pro bowler without the NBA all-star game. You have to be really, really good. It's voted on by fans. It's at mid season. So I don't, I don't think Dozier's been in an all-star game. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be big. I mean, cause like I said, the last, the last guy from the program that was really a big time pro was Alex English, who mm-hmm. I think led the nuggets and still, still maybe the nuggets all time leading score. So. Yeah. He, it's got to be. I, I, we could do some research on that, but I'm 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 assuming that it probably is. It's a it, Gigi Jackson. I, I I'm really happy for him because we all look. It wasn't working last year at South Carolina. Um, it wasn't clicking. Let's put it that way. It wasn't clicking. But we do know, and you know, Lamont said this. Derek said. I mean, anybody in every carry has said this. He's a good. He's a great kid. Uh, he was young. He's he's still 19 years old. I mean, kid's 19. That that's the point of the stat. That's why we're talking about him. Mean, he's the second youngest player. To ever score twenty on back to back twenty plus on back to back nights. So I mean, like you know, he he's had to mature. He's having to grow up and all those type things. Memphis isn't very good. You know, they're just they're fifteen and twenty five this year. So you figure that they're probably going to continue to let him play, um, and and build for the future. And and you know, as you just pointed out, JC. I mean, look, he'll always be tied to South Carolina. He played his one year of college basketball at the Gamecocks. So. You know, I, I hope he does well. He's averaging a shade under seven points per game this year, two and a half boards. He's shooting almost 50% from the floor. Um, and, and there's a reason why he was so highly regarded as the number one player in the country. Um, you, you, now you're seeing it. He's doing it at the highest level of basketball. So congratulations to him, and, and I certainly hope he continues to, to play really well. Uh, one uh, final quick hoops note here. I texted you last night schubert they covered yeah <laughs> i know i, I have to i've got to, um, the, the sheriff is coming to evict me for my house uh, later day throw us out in the snow since i put the mortgage and everything else on it <laughs> well Kentucky women would cover yeah you yeah, uh you, you not were too you weren't just wrong you were way wrong <laughs> yeah yeah um, Dawn and that. her team clearly, obviously, Kentucky isn't very good. Obviously, everybody knew who had anything to do with odds and things like that. South Carolina was going to mop the floor with them for multiple reasons. Um, and then clearly, 
uh, Don, they've had issues with Kentucky in the past, right? Like they've had some years past. Yeah, they lost Texas. the SEC tournament championship to Kentucky. Yep. Years back. And they beat their chest pretty good about that. Don, Don keeps receipts if anybody hadn't figured it out. Um, and uh, so last night she had a chance to beat them by 60 points and she figured let's do it by 62. Uh, and uh, they just couldn't get those last two points to get to 100. But uh, who was counting, I guess, at the end of the day? Yeah, you know, it's like uh, like our washing machine broke right before I left for Columbia last week. Um, a tree fell on the neighbor's house out of our yard while I was gone. And now we're getting tossed out into the snow because I bet the whole mortgage, the whole farm on that game last night. And I just don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> our pets' heads are falling off. That's right. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> JB likes to use that one. But no, uh, it was uh, – God, well, I guess I was wrong again. I need to shut my mouth about women's basketball. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm not a – I like watching them play and all that. But, man, I uh, – I, and my buddy Rod was actually he and his wife. He, was, he texted me last night, asked me some football stuff, and he and his wife were the thirsty fellow, which is wow. a. By the way, I'm going to give that place institution. Yeah. They should pay us for me saying this, but uh, went there. I'd never been there before. Went there twice while I was in town, and really good food and drinks, service with a smile. Probably really a cool place to hang out before a, a basketball game. I would think so. Yeah. Um. Hats off to I, I just I thought the service was really good and food it was impressive impressive. I'll be up there next week. Maybe we'll uh, swing in there and uh, yeah. For, for, everybody's like, you've never been to the Thirsty Fellow, JC. Really? I know, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a, <laughs> never, yeah, never, never quite made it there. <laughs> yeah, Lee, we will we will slide uh, step aside quickly oh. for. If, a final nah now nah, you're good I, I well there is some news uh, there is some news we, we do have some news to get to and um so when we get back we will uh dip our toes into that a tad we'll welcome Derek scott uh and so much more we've still got two full hours left don't go anywhere inside the game cox this show is powered by electric bikes of charleston and we'll be right back Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. 
But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game cops. Quick segment, hour one. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Molnax, and myself, Derek Scott, will join us to lead off hour two. J.C., some news from the Gamecock football program. Going to have to unmute your mic if you'd like to dish news for the Gamecock football program. That's okay. Thanks for the restart there. Uh, I don't know who Mike Gittens is. Appears to be a pretty credible Auburn uh, blogger. The war host the war report. Um, he says this. Sources tell me Robbie Ashford will stay in the SEC and sign with South Carolina. All eligibility issues have been cleared, and he will be immediately eligible to play for Shane Beamer's squad. He has two years of eligibility left. So, looking back through, he's broken some news from Auburn. So, um, I have not confirmed it on my end because I just saw it before we went to break. But, uh you know, take it for what it's worth. And uh, if you uh, were, you know, concerned about quarterback depth, here you go. There's a guy that's that's kind of guy they needed to get. The um, guy with starting experience in the SEC that can come in and get you out of a game if injuries happen or can, you know, not let the season go down the toilet if your starter goes down. And that's a, a Robbie Ashford type. Now, what I've – the kid for Vandy, what I've liked him better, Swan, Yes, I like him better as a quarterback, but, you know, keeping my Ashford's been at Oregon. He's been at Auburn. You know, he's uh, from Hoover High School, two-sport athlete. Uh, you got to coach him up, you know, get him ready. Uh, but uh, I, I'd be very comfortable if this happened with the depth in that room uh, right now. Yeah, again, I uh, JC, and we'll, we'll talk more about this here in just a little bit because we are, you know, pretty much out of time here in hour one. but. Um, yeah, I've I've been trying to do as much homework. He he isn't he's an athlete. Uh, when he tucks it and runs, he can move. He can scoot. Uh, and watching him throw the football, there's there's some talent there. I'll, I'll be I'll be anxious to see uh, what what this spring can do for him under Dow Loggins. 
is his quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator. James Coley, by the way, used to be a quarterback's coach himself. He knows a little bit about that. Uh, you know, so they've, they've got some things that can help him on that side of the ball. And as you pointed out, it seems to be a really good fit. Uh, he, 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 I don't know if he'll push Lenore Sellers or not, but I, I, I know this. I, I sure hope he does. Uh, that would be better for all involved. Yeah, you, you always want competition in your program. And uh, I, I, I think, you know, look, just watching Robbie play through the years at Auburn mostly, um, you know, he's, he's not a, you know, he's not a finished product. He, you know, he's a guy that Dowell Loggins is going to have to coach up, but Dowell is a, you know, as good of a job as he did what, with what he had on offense last year, guys. I think the thing that maybe gets missed is what he did with Spencer Rattler coaching him up. Spencer got to a next level. Uh, A lot of it was because he was way more comfortable with the system and calling the plays and stuff. But he did some things read-wise this year, check-wise this year, that were just freaking advanced. And that's that's his teacher teaching him. So um, maybe Dowell can get Robbie Ashford coached up. And if a miracle of miracles happens, maybe even Davis Bevel. But – you know, I, I think I think sometimes because we focus on play calling too much, we don't focus on the quarterback coaching end of it. And uh, that's important, too. It was important for Spurrier, Mangus, whoever. So, We'll uh, compare him to A.J. Swan coming up in a little while as well. A.J. Swan at one point in time was set to come to Carolina. He's clearly not here. Robbie Ashford, according to reports, will be. We'll have uh, J.C. Uh, Hale and the gang at the Big Spur confirming those reports. And uh, so we hope you'll stick with us. One quick final note. In addition to Gamecock baseball, Gamecock softball is ranked in the preseason top 25. They're checking in at number 22. According to D1 softball, the season will open in the Carolina Classic in Columbia against the Gamecocks. That's right, the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State. Uh, They'll also play Virginia and UNC Greensboro before heading to Mexico to play in a tournament down there. So pretty neat stuff. Uh, for uh, Gamecock softball. Derek Scott is pretty good at what he does, too. Actually, he's really good. And he'll join us in five minutes to talk about tonight's matchup between Georgia and South Carolina right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. 
Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup Swing Shop. Play ball. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with J.B., Casey, and Phil. Going to do the Johnson with the crossover. Off the glass, it is. Baker. Three on the way. Good. And he puts it in. Deep three for Johnson. Gamecock basketball player, B. 
Bill Goss, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue.com. To order a food truck or catering for your next event, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue.com or Carolina Barbecue Sauce.com to have the Hall of Fame pack or one of the others delivered right to your doorstep. And you can uh, make the food that you make that generally probably doesn't taste very good, make it taste a lot better. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com. I'm just kidding, all you great chefs out there. But this stuff really is fantastic. That's why we have it delivered to our home. This guy is in everybody's home. If you listen to Carolina basketball, Derek Scott, he's the voice of the Gamecocks. And tonight at 830, they'll be on the air ready for a 9 o'clock tip between the dogs, the pretty good Georgia Bulldogs of Athens, Georgia, and this year's version, 14-2, and 2-1 two, two and one in the league of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Coming off of a win on the road in Columbia, Missouri, it was a little bit of a heart stopper, Derek, but they got it done on the road, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters sometimes. Glad you could be here, man. How are you? Good afternoon, fellas. Good to be with you. And, uh, hey, you know, we've all got some time to fill, waiting for a 9 p.m. tip-off around here. So what are the odds of our game against Georgia – being at 9 p.m., and meanwhile, up the road in Little John Coliseum, Clemson hosts Georgia Tech at 9 p.m., same day. Oh, I didn't even realize that. doesn't wow. make a lick of sense for either of us to be doing it, but meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, meanwhile, I think it's Missouri and Alabama maybe with a uh, with 6 p.m. local tip-off. That Sure, why not? Central, Yeah, the Central teams. Yeah. I, I think the response to that, Derek, would be let them eat cake. Yes, yes, exactly. It would be because <laughs> exactly. uh, that, that, that's been a complaint for a while. No, nobody's changing it. You know, it's like, oh, no, no it's not going anywhere. It's just eye rolling aggravation once it's uh, when it falls on you, <laughs> as it is for us tonight. But that's all right. It uh, it'll still be, I'm sure, a great atmosphere with the students back on campus. Yeah, and looking forward to seeing it. Uh, as you were just alluding to, JB Georgia's playing much better basketball than. I think a lot of folks may have anticipated, and the same can probably be said of this Gamecock squad if you look at it from the national pundits' viewpoint or even the general SEC media standpoint. I hundred percent agree, Derek. It's a it is a it's a really unique start to the to the SEC season. Auburn and Alabama currently by record are the class of the league, and you can make the Auburn uh, argument that they might just be the class of the league, anyways. Uh, Gamecocks got a taste of that in T-Town last week. But um, but then right behind them, in addition to the dogs in, in South Carolina, you got Ole Miss in there at 2-1. I mean, LSU is off to a 2-1 start in league play. Uh, a program's been trying to get it turned around. So, you know, we have the same conversation every week. But, you know, as we go through seven days and when we talk to you again, the conversation continues to prove itself true. This league is just good, and it goes back to – you know, I texted you a little bit on Saturday uh, evening as you were getting settled in for some football by the time you got home, and there were certainly uh, quite a few things that Gamecocks just didn't do well. Mm-hmm. But they won. But they yeah. won. Derek, and you, how many of those games have you seen them lose on the road? They won on the road. Yeah, they, they uh, overcame some shaky moments, uh, and, and a Missouri team, obviously, that had a bit of desperation in its eyes staring at no and three start to conference play. Uh, but uh, South Carolina, in spite of trailing the entire second half, never led in the second half. But they got it to overtime uh, and made enough big plays down the stretch and got 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 uh, got some big moments from some guys who were not necessarily the front line expect expectation fellas. When you talk about Josh Gray 
knocking down two clutch free throws. That was certainly not one you would have taken to the bank going in. And Jacoby Wright, who's really been struggling with his shot for the past month or so, has a double-figure game off the bench and none bigger than that last bucket uh, that provided the winning margin. And I just love the fact that Coach Paris, just he rides with a hot hand. And if, if, a, if a group of guys is working well together, he doesn't change it just because percentages might say you should. And we saw it against Virginia Tech. And then again here Saturday, moments where Michi Johnson did not have his A game. And instead of trying to force it and hope that it got turned around, they went in a different direction, found someone else who was really playing their best basketball and leaned heavily into that. And in both instances, they were rewarded with one possession wins. Uh, and, you know, that that's that's fun to watch when a coach has, you know, a feel for things and is willing to to uh, to maybe go in a direction that the 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 experts might not agree with. You know, things are beginning to add up here with what with what type of locker room they've got uh, as the stories kind of trickle out. Um, I, obviously, it, Lamont told this uh, coach Paris told the story the other day of of um, of how Colin Murray Boyles kind of got into the lineup and what Stephen Clark had to say to him, and, and you just filled us in on a couple of other things. I mean, Michi the other day comes out of the – he's the star of the show, and he's not playing at the end of the game, and he's over there totally engaged. Uh, and, and I'd like to add to all of that, they don't win the game unless Josh Gray hits two free throws. And this is a mm-hmm. guy who just flat out hadn't been able to shoot free throws. He's really struggled, and he's struggled with playing time and trying to figure out who he is and what his role is on this team and this, that, and the other. But Derek, by God – the other day he got fouled and they needed to have two free throws and the dude stepped up the line and he knocked him down. That yeah, was neat to see, man. Yeah, think about that scenario. It's there's just I think just slightly over a minute left. Um, and if you go empty in that situation, if you miss the front end of the one and bonus, which would have been entirely, uh, you know, ex- expected for a guy who's a fifty percent shooter, um, that that really takes the wind out of your sails because then. Missouri's got the ball back. Missouri was not scoring down the stretch. You, you were getting the stops. Just was the problem was getting over the hump with getting a, a bucket when you needed it. So that could have been easily another empty trip right there, and, and that would have really been frustrating. So for Josh to come out of the timeout, if you remember that we went to a timeout there, for Josh to come out of the timeout and make those free throws, that was just huge uh, for him, his confidence, for the team. Um, and, and then of course, Talon hits the clutch three to get it to overtime. And then you're able to close it out. And ironically, in overtime, it was Missouri that missed the front end of two one and one opportunities. And they were guys shooting it that are closer to 80% than to 70. And in both instances, they couldn't come through. And, uh, yeah, that those are wins that are, uh, that when you get out, get out of a building on a day like that on the road with a win when you didn't have your best stuff, that, that feels good. What did, have you, have you spoken to Lamont much since that game? What's he, what is his, uh, this, his feel? What was his general synopsis? I don't know what the word is when they walked out of there. Like, do we need to work on things? It it just, you know, what what has he been saying over the last few days? Now they're off to this two and one start with the dogs walking in tonight. Well, no, I can tell you, I have not. Uh, My last conversation with him would have been probably in the post game show. Uh, But, uh, but no, I, 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 
I, he's been around this game long enough. He understands you, you, you are not going to on the road, have it go easily for you very often at all. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't think he'll quibble with how he got the win. And, and there are certainly things that need to be worked on there and there will be throughout the course of the season. Uh, but uh, again, you, you see guys that didn't panic. And that's the one thing that we're taking, taking to the bank with this bunch is whether it's a, shot clock that is about to expire or a game that is, you know, that is trending the wrong way. There doesn't seem to be any panic in this bunch. And and it starts with experienced guards that make it so. But I also will say this, um, Gamecocks needed B.J. Mack to step up. He had, he had been on the struggle bus a little bit here the last couple of weeks. Uh, and he had a huge game and it, it, it almost gets lost in the shuffle of the, the late game heroics. But, uh, you know, for BJ to go in with twenty plus, uh, that that was a warrior performance from him, uh, and it was a game where you you had a feeling he had a better matchup than he will on some uh, games, and and I would say I'm anxious to see where he matches up here uh, tonight because Georgia's strength is not their rim protection. That doesn't mean they don't have a seven foot gargantuan as a starting center. They do. But uh, but Chiwa is not known as a shot blocker or as a rim protector. He's just a really large body. Uh, so I'm curious to see how how BJ uh, you know follows up on Saturday's performance and what he can do because you know if he can pull Chiwa away from the basket in pick and pop opportunities and ball screen opportunities, that is where Georgia has shown some weakness. They've got a really good defensive team, but if there's anything that that pops up where you see a little weakness. It's, you know, they can, they can get hurt with points in the paint, especially if their big man is having to do some things that pull him away from the rim. And that that's going to be important. I think that watching how South Carolina responds to those opportunities tonight will be a real, real key in my mind. It's the amazing voice of the Gamecocks, Derek Scott, 12, 15 here uh, Tuesday afternoon, as Derek pointed out, got a long ways to go till they tip this one off uh, with a nine o'clocker tonight. <laughs> At uh, at the CLA, first thousand students get a Lamont Paris quarter zip T-shirt. So, uh, hats off to to all the students who I'm sure Derek won't be drinking or anything before the before the game. Um, on the on the subject of BJ, what what's BJ? I mean, you've now watched him play 16 games in a Gamecock uniform, like. What what is who is BJ Mac? What what is his game? Because I've I he can do a lot of things. Um, and, and I was I was curious to see what you thought about what he does best and, and and how he could best utilize that down the stretch here in league play. Well, he's not a post up guy. You know, he's not a back to the basket guy. Now, it doesn't mean he, he doesn't do it. He has to uh, to keep defenses honest. I think he he passes well out of the low post. He's just not a great finisher there. But it's I, that has everything to do with going up against bigger people. You know, I mean, he's not a high flyer. He's not going to jump over you. Uh, he's he's going to play at a level closer to 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 the ground. And and even though he's six eight, a lot of the guys he's matched up with are significantly larger than him. So it, it it's not easy to find shots in that regard. So he's got to be able to really space the floor, help this team with hitting some shots from the perimeter, uh, and and then and then getting to the line. Uh, he's he's got to be able to to really do a little bit of all of that for this bunch. And I mean, I thought it was interesting. South Carolina's the one time I remember them scoring off the low post. Uh, it was actually Colin Murray Boyles. 
uh, who yeah. was able to post up and, and score with over his right shoulder using that little left-hand jump hook. Uh, and, and he got it up quickly and got it over, uh, if I'm not mistaken, over Vanover, the seven foot five kid. And uh, he probably has a little bit more of that in his game. Uh, but no, getting back to BJ, he he's, I think he's a really smart basketball player and he understands where his game can succeed and, and not. And, and so you're going to see them putting him in, uh, in ball screens a lot and forcing defenses to make decisions on how they want to, how they want to play that. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times that that's where the value comes and his ability to be res- respected as a perimeter shooter and making a defender come out to challenge him. And if you do, then that means there's opportunity for other folks to maybe get into the lane. You know, Derek, one, one of the criticisms I had, like I'm some major basketball expert, you know, everybody cares about my criticisms, but one of the very uh, uneducated criticisms I had of, of the game on Saturday, I, I felt like there was a lot of dribbling, not a lot of ball movement. You know, they were, they were kind of getting in the paint, kind of trying to kick it out. It seemed disjointed. Turnovers were happening and things like that. When you watch these guys practice, you know, what do you, what do you see? How, do, how does Lamont coach this team offensively? Well, I mean, his belief is is all about floor spacing uh, and sharing the basketball. And they do that, I think, most more often than not, they do that very well. The defense can dictate a lot of that to you, though. And, and, and Missouri's guards are – and not just guards, but really the perimeter players in general. You know, you, you could see with the steal totals they had coming in that that was something that could be a problem. And they really were, were trying to jump into the passing lanes – and you kind of got the impression they realized, as well as South Carolina does share the ball, that they can anticipate the next pass a little bit and see if they could cause some problems there. And they did. I mean, they had some some, yeah. some success in that regard. I mean, I think the, the the steal total ended up being for them. I think they got into double figures. Uh, I think yeah. they had ten, didn't they? So they had eleven or? steals. They had 11. eleven steals in the game, and South Carolina had sixteen turnovers. And, if there's one thing that's got me a little bit concerned right now, that's it. Uh, this team was really good at taking care of the basketball in the non-conference. Um, and in their three conference games so far, they've been at 15 turnovers in all three of them. And okay. that's not a recipe for success. No way. Uh, and and yeah. so they've got to tighten that up some. And, and some of it, you know, I mean, let's just face it, they're playing tougher competition. You knew most statistics tend to go down once you get into league play. That's not anything shocking. Uh, but for the Gamecocks, uh, that's the one that, that has my attention a little bit as far as something they need to to address. And it's not one person. You know, it's not like one guy you can hang it on. It, there's a variety of folks. Michi's had some issues with being a little loose with the basketball. So is Miles Studi. Uh, and at times, some of, some of the other guys out there as well. They And they got to be a, a little better about that and not, not give away possessions as much. Yeah, I don't mean this disrespectfully to anybody at all that wears the Gamecock uniform, but boy – when you see Talon Cooper on the court, there, there's a, a, a sense of calm that comes over you quickly when the ball gets into his hands, uh, Derek. By the way, guys, we are aware there's a welcome home. We'll, we'll get to all that here coming up in just a little while uh, with Gamecock football. But Gamecock basketball is the story, 14-2. and two. Uh, Some history on this series. Uh, Carolina leads the all-time series 63-59. to 59. Last year, on January the 28th over in Athens, the Dogs finally – uh, broke through. They had lost every single game since the SEC tournament uh, back in March of 2016, and they have not won in Columbia since March of 2016 
as well. 13 of 14 games in this series have gone the way of the Gamecocks. What's been the key to that in your in your opinion? I guess <laughs> yeah. there's been uh, there's been multiple keys, I'm sure, right. but even in down years, Carolina's clipped them. You know, well, a lot of the key to that was you know on the front end was a guy named Sundarius Thornwell uh, yeah. turned that around, and then uh, after that, a guy named Tom Crean helped to keep it in the status that it was. Uh, <laughs> and he kind of put that bulldog program in the ditch. I mean. There were years where they were so bad defensively, it was just as if there was zero emphasis on that. And, I I mean, no matter how creative you are offensively, if you don't really expect your guys to guard, uh, you know, that's just not going to go very far. And I always felt like for a lot of those years, Chuck Martin, being a former Crean assistant coach, really had the keys to that. Uh, From a scouting report standpoint, he always had – some good stuff cooked up because he understood cream as well as he did being a former member of his staff. And so they would, a lot of times it was really just, Hey, get out of the way and let Chuck put this, uh, this scouting report together and then guys, you know, stick with it and it'll work. And, and it did. And, and it did for a lot of years there. Uh, and, and for that matter, heck last year, if you remember the, 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 the win for them that snapped the streak, they had to come from way back and that game ended up in overtime before uh, before Georgia was able to uh, to finish it off. So South Carolina, even though at that point they, they were struggling a little bit, they still almost got that win uh, and kept the streak alive. But, but no, it, it, Georgia's got it in a much better place now with Mike White. Uh, I mean, you realize he's got – not that they're really hyping their freshman class right now, but they have three top 100 freshmen on that. Whoa. And in the Didn't last – in the 20 years prior – to this year, they had eight uh, for for our twenty year span, and he's got three of them on there right now. Uh, and and like I said, they're not leaning into it too heavily. They're not putting too much pressure on those freshmen. Silas Demery will start. Um, Blue Kane will come off the bench, but uh, but even so, they're moving in the right direction. And he is uh, he's he's really gotten them improved defensively and. And they, you know, they were they were on a ten game winning streak before they lost that game to Tennessee Saturday, and they had a comfortable lead late in that game and let it get away. But what they're doing so well right now, and I don't know if it's sustainable, but they are shooting the three ball really, really well, and uh, and their opponents are not. Uh, and that even happened in that Tennessee game. I mean, second half they were nine of nineteen from three against Tennessee, and we all know Tennessee's defense is elite. Uh, and so you've got to be really on, on, on point as far as how you defend them and try and, try and not let uh, Abdul Rahim get it going. He, he's been really good for them so far this year. And then South Carolina's got to find a way to hit some threes too because that has not been as much of a factor as I really thought it would be this season. I 100% agree with that. I, I feel like they've been like two or three threes shy. I feel like the number's 10, like nine or 10. You know, yeah. if they hit nine or ten threes, Derek, you just kind of you can't look at the scoreboard and things kind of seem to work out. Uh, but when any time less than that, it you know it, it's a tight ball game. Right now, Gamecocks are shooting it uh, at thirty three point six percent from long range. They are for those of you who bet, uh, like apparently JC doesn't have any money left to bet. He lost it all last night betting the under uh, for Kentucky. Don Don heard that and proved him wrong. No, um, I took Kentucky's forty four and a half points. I put the they're coming to kick <laughs> us out of the house later. 
Yeah, so it's the whole the mortgage, Derek. I put the mortgage on it, man. <laughs> uh, Dawn probably heard happen. me say that, and she's like, I'm just going to run it up on these guys. Well, KC kicked out of his house. Do you mind doing the same tonight for Lamont then? Because they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. So why don't you take the dogs, and let's see if Lamont and them can get a 62-point win. And that would, Derek, <laughs> would you enjoy a 62-point blowout, or would you rather I, something be close? No, I, I enjoy all wins. I ain't worried okay. about that. No, no. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I, I turned it off Saturday. So I, I, this, this, this proves I'm back as a, a men's basketball mm-hmm. fan. I turned the game off several times Saturday. <laughs> and because, uh, you know, sometimes I walk away and I'll come back and the, the score is tied. I don't have to live with the angst of them being. Because, you know, when you get down by five or six on the road, it starts to snowball sometimes. And so uh, it's like calling a timeout. Let's call a timeout for myself and walk around the house and come back. And sure enough, I turned it back on. It was 62 59, right in time for Talon Cooper to drill the three. I was like, well, I should stick around for overtime, I guess. So, <laughs> well, for, but uh, yeah, for what it's so worth, I'm, I'm Eric, back, definitely. Uh, for what it's worth, Phil and I never turn you off ever. No, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. We, that's right. Good to know. I was I actually had who's the guy that's calling the games with uh, Perry Clark now? You know, I, 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 I hate to say I did not turn you guys on. Richard uh, Cross, hey, was, Richard, Richard Cross was doing play by play. Yeah. Oh, and, oh okay. Because it was. Hey, like, have, you, have you have you had a chance to listen to Coach Clark call call any of these games? On I Clark? heard a little bit. PC was doing. This is last year when we were playing in that tournament in Charleston. PC was doing the the afternoon games, and we were playing night games. So I was I was watching him a little bit from the uh, from the hotel, and uh, he he's he, PC's knows more. He's forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. I mean, he's been around. And he's and he's such a unique character. So yeah, uh, he and Casey getting together at shoot around was you know like a, 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 a stroll down memory lane. Oh, I bet. Uh, and and not necessarily for all the right reasons. Those two get together, and the rest of us are just shaking our head at some of the idiots <laughs> that comes out of the mouth when they're picking with each other. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just gonna say. I remember when Carolina was in the Metro Conference. Uh-huh. And uh, Tulane had lost their program because of some kind of point shaving. Having a Tulane and Miami in the eighties, and Carolina ended up playing both of them kind of early when they came back. But uh, Tulane came back into the Metro when they um, when they got off probation or whatever, and uh, or put reinstated the program. Perry was the coach. He was an assistant for Bobby Crimmins at Georgia Tech. Yeah, uh, and he won like right away. And he was a Tulane for a long time. And things didn't. I think he took the Miami job. Things didn't really work out. And he came back to another job, and uh, he was really instrumental with um, with the program here at South Carolina for years. Yeah, and I think he's a heck of a color analyst because he's kind of a new voice for me. So I was like, "Who is that guy talking?" And I looked, up, I was like, "Oh, it's Perry Clark." Heck yeah, well, you know. The best part of all is, like I said, he sit he'll sit there practice and he'll ask you earnestly. And I watched him do it to three different people. Well, what do you think the key is to the game tomorrow? And then when someone offers up an opinion, he immediately just swats it down and tells you why you're completely wrong, and that's really not a key for the game. <laughs> I did. I watched him. I watched him do it to three different people, and uh, it, it, it was it was classic PC. That is that is. Does he? He's is he still? He's not living in Columbia, is he? No, no, he's not. Okay. Well, it, it is neat to see the fact that he's he, he's doing that, and I, I've enjoyed. You know, I I have listened to a couple of his games, and he's removed himself. You know, he's just calling the game and and, and talking about the game, and and I really appreciate that. 
a lot of people listening probably don't know who Perry Clark is, yeah. uh, which is which is crazy, but um, nonetheless. Well, Derek, we'll let you get out of here on that note. You got a busy week uh, because y'all have got to make the trip to to Arkansas following this one. Hopefully, following a win tonight, and and, and if we continue to caution folks. Look, it's been discombobulated for the Razorbacks uh, thus far this season, but that does not mean that that building isn't tough to walk into and that they aren't talented. At any point in time, you feel like they can turn the spigots on and, and who knows what can happen. But if it happens really good for Carolina this week, next Tuesday awaits. The Wildcats will be walking in, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there, Derek. Is that 9 o'clock? By the way, is that not, that's yeah, not a 9 o'clock. o'clock. Okay. 7 o'clock. Yeah, that, that oh, should be a big, uh, big JC, time. you know, you know, Kentucky doesn't get asked to play nine. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you know, there you that go. We, can't, we can't ask Big Blue to go. play that late at night. No way. No way. Wow. Yeah, okay. Right. Cool. All right. Uh, and guys, it may actually be as cold in Fayetteville Saturday as it was in the other Columbia this past Saturday. And how, I, cold, how cold was it up there? Oh, it was single digits. I, let me just tell you that I Saturday morning I got up and needed to go down. I always print my sheets, my spot charts at uh, FedEx, Kinko's, whatever they call themselves these days, because I need them on 11 by 17 paper because, you know, I can't see anymore. Uh, and and so I know where the, the FedEx uh, print shop is in, in, in Como. And it's about, you know, seven, eight blocks from the hotel, which every year is just a good walk for me. And I actually decided I didn't want to spend money on an Uber just for a walk that short on Saturday morning. And three blocks into that trip, let me tell you how much of I had realized what a bad, bad, bad decision that had been. Uh, you remember Andy Reid's mustache the other day? Yeah. That was my face without the mustache. Jeez. Like, like Dumb and Dumber when they're going through the Rockies. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right well, I'll, I'll just say this. Where I'm at right now, uh, yeah. it's zero. Yeah. That, that's that's actually a temp. There is no temperature right now. Yeah, so uh, the low- say, I, I did Uber back to the hotel. I, I don't blame right. I, I, I don't. I, I like this when it's like this. I don't even go outside. I hate. I hate going anywhere. It's a negative seven's the low today. Of high, a balmy four, and the yeah. sun shining here in the uh, windy city. So you enjoy that. No, yeah. I, 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 this is this is it gets brutal. <laughs> this is the one time in the winter I'm like, ah, eh, God, you know. I mean, because I was in Columbia this past week uh, on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, sunny and 55, beautiful. Uh, I, I finished a doctor's appointment, sat out on a picnic table and looked at the sun for a while, waiting on my Uber. <laughs> um, and that was beautiful. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we'll be back soon enough. <laughs> Eric. Uh- have a wonderful call tonight. When you get off the air with us here, check your check your Twitter account. Josh Pate has tweeted a photo from his very first time ever uh, doing a live show. Sherbert was on it, dressed as a panda bear. Oh wow! Mm. I will definitely check that out. I'm always Josh. Honest. Josh loves to drag that one out. Right? I think uh, Josh has got some beef with JC today. We need to look into this and figure out what's going on. Why this pick has emerged? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out, but. Uh, can't wait to hear it tonight, man. Uh, uh, looking forward to it. And uh, bring us home. You know the drill. Bring home another win. That's the plan. Guys, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. There Bye. you go. Derek Scott, the great, great grand voice of Gamecock basketball and baseball. He'll be pulling double duty here soon. Uh, Craig asked a question earlier. Who will his partner in the booth be? Um, we will respectfully uh, decline to answer that right now and um, allow them to uh, give that news uh, when they choose to do it. 
Yeah, and, uh, it'll probably be pretty cool. soon. So, well, yeah, um, and it's a good high. It's a little sensitive though, so just uh, yeah. So just bear uh, with us on that, guys. Game so. Gamecock baseball will be in great hands. I, I can assure you of that. Yeah. So, all right, uh, some news out there. Shane Beamer, welcome home, welcome home. Everybody, stop operating on the heart heart surgery. You know, uh, every quit towing the car. Let that uh, boy with the infected you know, leg just die. You just know, die. Uh, That's right. everybody get killed. Stop <laughs> what you're doing. Uh, those who are saving lives and, and doing all the yeah, quit, quit bagging your quit bagging groceries. Beamers tweeted. Uh, we'll get into some of that here when we return on uh, inside the Gamecocks. That yes, yes. I, well, also, also when we get back, I got an interesting NFL draft. One of these gurus, uh, NFL draft quarterback draft board that he's come up with that I'd like to get y'all's opinion on. Well, that sounds like a plan to me, Schubert. We will be right here when we return. It's 2024, and it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year. Hey, Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington and the Target Center, and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta Packs to take tailgating. Tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Rescues and resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else. Custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
Hi, welcome back inside the game. Cox, the show. Happy lunchtime for those of you that are eating lunch. Uh, I my man, Billy G's Carolina barbecue. Game Cox for, before you head to uh, the CLA tonight to check out the game Cox, head to game Cox traditions in Lexington or at the village at Sandhill and get your quarter zip. It's quarter zip season. Q zip season S Z N whatever. Uh, GamecockTraditions.com, though, you can order. If you are not going to the game tonight, maybe you're going to be headed out to the Kentucky game next Tuesday or the Missouri game on the 27th or any game thereafter. Gamecock Traditions has your quarter zip. And in February, Gamecock Baseball will throw their first pitches at Founders Park. You want to look good for that. Hats and Carolina baseball shirts and hoodies and all that type stuff. They've got it inventory coming in by the day. And they've got the widest and largest selection of Under Armour apparel in the entire state of South Carolina. Thank God for Gamecock Traditions, put it that way. GamecockTraditions.com. Stop in and see them before you go see the Gamecocks because thousands of others do, and that is why they all look so good in their garnet and black, including myself, which I'm, I have a closet full of Gamecock Traditions apparel. All right, uh, JC, the latest commitment, Joe Montana Jr., and uh, apparently Emmett Smith the uh, third is on deck. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Shane Beamer has a tweeted a, a welcome home. We of course have been discussing at length thus far today. Uh, Robbie Ashford, the quarterback who visited this weekend, formerly of Auburn and formerly formerly of Oregon. He is a two sport star, but he will presumptively only play football moving forward we don't have a direct confirmation that it's Robbie Ashford that I'm aware of but that seems to be likely yeah Matt Zenitz also just reported it so uh we got that in the Auburn blogger that's pretty I mean I'm pretty sure that was who the welcome home was I'd be I'd be very surprised almost shocked if it wasn't so that's exactly what they needed um now uh man you you never know what's going to happen uh because you like, what if Jim Harbaugh leaves for the Chargers and Brian Kelly leaves LSU? Uh, the portal's going to have some more dudes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carolina's getting full. So uh, I would expect, barring a huge opportunity that you can't turn down, i.e. A, just a stud player wanting to come, mm-hmm. that uh, and, and you always call them and make sure they don't, you know. Uh, I, I would think that, that they'll shut it down for now, and then the, the next portal session – Maybe a wide receiver, the elusive uh, wide receiver one, which there's no such thing as a wide receiver one. Uh, I think it's a fantasy football term. Uh, you can have your leading receiver, certainly. Uh, I think they need to target a guy that's probably a little taller um, just because of the different body types. Um, you know, you can, as the Buffalo Bills showed us last night, I mean, you don't have to be. Six five at receiver to <laughs> to be really good, um, but uh, I, I do think a taller guy, you know, not a, not necessarily necessarily a possession guy, but a, a taller target because uh, you are replacing Xavier Leggett, who was a bigger guy and all that good stuff. And if Nicholas Harbor is in the Olympics all summer, then you know you probably need something like that. But I would I would anticipate that this almost completes this recruiting class for okay. now. All right, so let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. Um, you know, JC, he's he's he, he, when you when you uh, pull Robbie Ashford's stats, um, you 
you're not, you know, nothing blows you away or anything like that. Um, and, and I know we kind of hit on some of this earlier, but we've got a chance to take a little bit of a, a deeper dive into to what he can add to South Carolina's football program. Um, again, he's transferred twice, but he's expected to be immediately eligible. Uh, he was only 14 of 27 this season, uh, threw for 145 yards, a pair of touchdowns, a couple of interceptions. Uh, he played behind quarterback Peyton Thorne at Auburn. Um, he did um, – he did carry the football 46 times, though, for 217 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, so, obviously, obviously that kind of tells the story of of how uh, Hugh Freeze was was using him. Back in 2022 now, uh, he completed 123 of 250 pass attempts for the Tigers. That's under 50%, 49.2 to be exact, 1,613 yards, seven touchdowns, and um, – and seven interceptions. So, you know, what, what is he a guy like, like, I don't want to blow smoke up people's rear ends, man. Like that's not, you know, I don't want to sit here and say, Hey, look, this guy, don't look at the stats. He's a really good player. Like, I feel like that's kind of dumb to say the guys had two years of college football, but like at the same time, you know, has he, has he been in a system that is, that is good for like I'm trying to learn all this stuff. Has he been in a system that is good for his abilities? Is this a place that will better suit him? Like, what do we know, you know, about, about all that? The the Harson system definitely wasn't his bag of tea. I mean, it wasn't. Um, I didn't think he kind of looked uncomfortable just about the entire time uh, while he's playing there. Now that's when he did put up his numbers, and he was the starter, I think, for most of the year uh, for them. Uh, I do think this, I, I think that Hugh Freeze, if you look back at what he did at Ole Miss, Hugh loves to use multiple quarterbacks, loves it, just absolutely loves it. And so Robbie this year for them was the inside, the, the Tim Tebow kind of guy. He would get in the game, they put him in uh, inside the 5-10 yard line, let him use his legs, and, and that's why he had some touchdowns and made some plays. So, uh, I like I said, look, you're not going to go get – a superstar uh, out of the the portal uh, quarterback, unless you uh, you want one, unless that's the budget and that's the plan uh, these days. I'll say this: this is the type of guy you need—a guy that started, a guy that's got experience, a guy that's just kind of disgruntled or, or, or flamed out at his old spot, got beat out, that's looking for a little redemption, you know. And that's uh, you know, if Robbie Ashford didn't want to go compete and get on the field and, and, and play football. He just stayed at Auburn, you know, and, and did the backup or whatever. So, uh, I think it's a it's a good pickup. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell people he's a superstar, um, but I, you know, can he be a guy that, in, in case of emergency, if he gets better, he's going to have to improve, get better in a lot of areas, especially picking up this system that they're going to run. Um, can he help? Yeah, he can help the team. I mean, you, you just want you want that insurance policy there, guys, and. Uh, if Doty's going to be a wide receiver, then a guy like Robbie Ashford is just what the doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. I mean, you knew you were going to take a quarterback if you could get one out of the portal this cycle. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying Robbie Ashford's going to come in and, and you know immediately compete for a starting job and you know win the SEC, but I think it's a home run for this staff to find a guy with in-conference experience whose athleticism – uh, is comparable to what it is you're doing 
And God forbid, if uh, Sellers goes down, you do not have to completely rewrite your playbook. <laughs> you can you can continue on with the scheme that you've been practicing all week. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, Phil. I you know I've as I mentioned a little while ago, and I, I've watched a little bit of his you know what game film is out there from the last couple of years. Um, and kids got kids got some talent. I mean, there's no doubt he he is quite an athlete. Uh, and when he throws, it's not like he like when he throws the football. It's not like he he looks awkward or something like that. Like he you know he just flat out can't throw the ball. Um, you know he he can, but he's got he's clearly got some work to do. That's why I'm anxious to see or learn more about the systems and things like that. And if this is a place that maybe he'll be able to to uh, develop more. Uh, I mean, because he's. So he transferred from he didn't play at Oregon, right? And so he transfers to Auburn. He plays one year for uh, Brian Harson, yeah, and, and then he plays. Yeah, and then what? Well, Cadillac uh, took the job late, and and he actually played really well. Cadillac uh, changed up the offense and let him run it a little more. Yeah, uh, gosh, I think he carried it twenty four times against Alabama. That one didn't go very far because he had some sacks, but it was. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, so it was for those Harson so, and Cadillac Williams. So this is so uh, what I'm getting at here though is this is this was going to be his third different head coach in three years. I mean, he's played he played in that Brian Harson system, and then last year he played in Hugh Freeze's system, his most extensive action, and now he's going to come play uh, in Dow Loggins' system at South Carolina, and. So you know, I'll be I'll be anxious to learn more about because this is look look let, let, let me say let me say this a little bit differently. I'm not I I don't write this off as he's just a backup quarterback for multiple reasons. Okay, number one, the, the is as high as everybody is on the Norris Sellers, and I'm not saying that I'm not. I am. He's still going to walk in there, and if he wins the starting job, which we assume he will, this is going to be the first time he does it. So it's not like he's not going to hit a roadblock somewhere or have a deer in the headlights look at some point. It's freaking SEC. It's going to. It's going to happen. All young quarterbacks do it. It doesn't matter. who you are. None of them are immune from it. All right? So you hope that he doesn't hit that at the wrong time. I don't know, like maybe Connor Shaw did. Uh, and then they fumble away the game on the road at Auburn. All right? So these things happen, right? That's number one. Number two, so do injuries. And the freakiest of freakiest injuries can happen at any point in time. And if anybody knows anything about Gamecock athletics, so, I mean, like, you pray that those things – so, like, this isn't just a backup quarterback. Like, he has to be developed. And I think that it's important for people to understand who he is and what he's coming here to do because they accepted a walk-on from Davis Bevel, but from all accounts that I've received here, like – and I don't mean this disrespectfully, and this kid might end up working with us one day. I, I, I don't know. I'm not so sure that Carolina is going to be feeling good about themselves if they have to toss him in there to play a bunch of snaps, unless they're meaningless snaps towards the end of the game. Dante Reno is going to be very young. Luke Doty's been moved to wide receiver, and although they continue to say he'll always dabble in the quarterback room, he's a wide receiver. So, like, they had to sign a quarterback – and 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 it and, and I, I just cannot for the life of me figure out why some people think, well, they brought him in just to be a backup. No, they brought him to compete for the starting job. You better hope he does, because if not, then that's not a good sign for the program. So I think that it's really important for people to learn who Robbie Ashford is, what are his talents, 
What did he have to deal with while he was playing for Brian Harson? What did he have to deal with last year while he was playing for Hugh Freeze? How did those things affect him as a player or not affect him as a player or not help him or not help him develop? And what type of player is being brought to Columbia? I feel like that's the fairest thing for all of us to understand for the program. Yeah, I mean, that's the other side of the comparative skill set, you know, with sellers is that you're going to have somebody who will actually push and compete with him on a level playing field, right? I mean, you're going to have Reno in, you're going to have other guys, other quarterbacks out there taking reps and, and you know, competing, if you will, with sellers. But uh, you're not going to have a true and full competition that's going to push either of them uh, unless you find somebody who, who can do something similar to what it is that Sellers does. So that's what Ashford brings to the table and that yeah. he will actually truly push Sellers uh, and, and in turn Sellers push Ashford. Uh, if they're both serious about wanting to start that you're going to, both of them will improve in this off season uh, heading into the season. Yeah, Phil brings up a great point because oftentimes, like, you'll get a quarterback competition. This happened during the Holtz era. You know, you, you, 04, you're sitting there with Mike Rath and Blake Mitchell. They're the two best passers. Uh, and it's not that Savelle couldn't pass and, and Dondrell Pinkins couldn't pass, but, but those two were the best passers. But then you had the running element with Savelle and Dondrell. So they, they, you go, and so a lot of times coaches will, they're, they get, they're like, okay, well, it's kind of the same, but this dude's got wheels and this dude doesn't, so we're going with the wheels. Now, sometimes a guy with wheels can't hit the broad side of a barn, and so you go with a passer because you have to pass it these days. Uh, good thing about Robbie Ashford is looking at uh, two years ago uh, after Cadillac took over, 17 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown against Alabama mm-hmm. in the Iron Bowl. They lost that game 49-27 because they weren't interested in stopping Bryce Young that day. But he played a really good ball game that day. Um, actually had a lot of really good games after Cadillac because they started winning a little bit after Cadillac took over as the interim. Um, Auburn, you know, beat Texas A&M. They, they played all Mississippi State within uh, six points in overtime. Ashford led them back in that game. They beat a good Western Kentucky team. Um you know, he he's he he that year he had some good games. I mean, he rushed for 108 yards and two touchdowns against Mississippi State. Uh, rushed for 87 in Arkansas. Had 337 passing against LSU. Right. Yeah, 337 passing against LSU, October 1st, 2022. So there's now he's only 50%, but long ball that means he's setting some long balls. So, uh, you know, good deal. I mean, that's a, that's a good pickup. And uh, he, well, you do need to push Lenoris Sellers because Lenoris needs to be the best he can possibly be. Yes, because for everybody on the football team, right? You know, yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that you know Sellers is just going to be complacent without somebody back there. I mean, I don't right. think that's his character from everything we've heard and and you know what everybody said about him. But you know, you always move faster if there's a dog behind you. I'd rather be safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm gonna tell you this too. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Give Dowell Loggins credit for coaching Spencer Rattler up, but I, I, and you may could ask Spencer this, I haven't heard him say this, but having a dude like Sellers behind him compared to, you know, maybe last season when it was just Doty, I, if, if he, if they were a lot more hesitant to pull him struggling the previous year 
than they were this past year. I'll just put it that way. And, and he never really struggled. I mean, never, there's never a reason to pull him, but uh, trust me on that, man. He, uh, uh, Lenoris can, you know, Lenoris being there was good for Spencer. I'll put it that way. And it'll be good for Robbie Ashford uh, to be behind Lenoris as well. Great pickup. It sounds like for uh, South Carolina and, and JC, it, uh, I, I guess probably the fairest way to, to uh, classify this as well is um, the type of pickup that they need. The type yes. of pickup that they need. need. Yeah. That's a great word. I, yeah. I agree. That's what need. they need. Well, well, well done. Shaney. You can't always Listen. get what you want. Yeah. But if you try sometimes, you just might find. You get yeah. what you need. Donna. Very well done. Shane, you, you listen to the fans. You listen to Twitter and message boards. Oh, a boy. You nailed it. You nailed it. You nailed it. You nailed it. I, I, I always find it funny when uh, people put on message boards. And I, I guess we got to hit a timeout here in a second. But Shane, if you're reading this, <laughs> you ain't reading it, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah. They always think, like, uh, fans on the message boards, they always. <laughs> They always because they're the ones that also watch every single press conference and hang on every single word, right? They're the diehards, right? You know, that's who's on a message board, guys. It's a diehard. Yeah. Now, how they express their emotions and opinions on that platform, there's all kinds of different psychology in, in that end. But all of those people are diehard people because they're not going to pay that money and get on the board and talk if they don't care. Uh, <laughs> that same could go for our show and everything else. You know, they're the diehards. And so they hang on every word. And so, and then they remember every post. So they're like, oh, Shane will say something that was maybe on the message board. And it may not even, Shane may probably read it on Twitter, right? Or something. And they're like, I know Shane's on this board. Because here, here, here's, here's, here, here's, here's my proof. Here's my proof right here. Like, go to 225 on the video, that three second spot. That it was very similar to what, uh, you know, Florida cock 28 put up the other day. The same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and it, it's so awesome. I mean, I love it. And I know Shane, yeah, Bruin says, I guarantee you Shane reads Twitter. Oh yeah. I, Shane, he does. Shane. You're right. Beamer, coach Beamer, very active tweeter, you know, um, by the way, I know I missed the show, but thanks to him for coming on. I just, from my standpoint, I certainly appreciate every head coach that takes the time to come on with us. And I think it's the first time we've had Beamer on this show. We've had him on JC Morgan twice. So uh, shout out to him. I know he's freezing with Dowell Logan somewhere today, but uh, shout out to him. He's probably watching it right now on on the road up there somewhere in Missouri or wherever the hell he is. What else Elder says, Big Spur has some schizophrenic members and we love every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's become high comedy. It, it, Big Spur, the one thing people tell me all the time, because I go to other, I went to the Alabama message board the other day during this coaching, where they seemed like they struck out with their top four. You would not believe. I mean, usually those folks are just like, they, they were so good for so long, they didn't even care to talk smack to anybody. They're just like, hey, how you doing? Y'all think y'all going to beat us? I don't think so. Roll Tide. Um, Roll Tide. And then, then they'd lose to Auburn. And they every, every time they lost to Auburn, because Saban lost to Auburn more than anybody else, they'd melt down. But uh, that was it. Mean, so now they've come back to reality. And, and it's like it's the same thing. This is a complete disaster by Craig Byrne. He should be fired tomorrow. He and this coach, whoever he hires, they're going to be fired in two years. But this guy, just like he did with the basketball arena, he's a total failure, not being proactive, the same stuff you hear on Big Spur constantly. Yeah. Alabama, the mighty Alabama. So there you go. 
Roll Tad. Yeah, that's right. Roll Tad. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's crazy. But I hear from outside people that Big Spur is more it is a lot of comedy. It's like a funny met like people. Our, our members are generally have a sense of humor mm-hmm. <laughs> and it gets on my nerves sometimes when it's a serious topic and you have three gifts posted back within four seconds of, you know, whatever, but uh, it's a, uh, it, it's a good group. It's a good group. All 6,100 of them. That's right. That's right. They're not paranoid of, they need to lean into it, lean into that boards. <laughs> Go ahead. You're not. Paranoid. Into, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love it and hate it. And yeah, like, but I'll say this on the good side. There's good people there because, you know, people's dogs will pass away. They'll have medical issues. They'll have a death in the family and they'll post. And those are the longest threads on the board. People mm-hmm. send thoughts and prayers and asking how you doing, you know, and that's the good thing about our people in general in South Carolina. We're generally good people. We just are argumentative, stubborn, and don't like being told what to do under any circumstances. In the words of the kid of Varsity Blues, these are my people. These are my people. I don't want your life. These are my people. <laughs> that's a Tim McGraw. Oh. No, that's uh, who is that? Tra- uh, Randy. Oh, John the Moxon, man. That's no, what's that song? These are my people. This that's, is where I come from. That's uh, Rodney Atkins. Atkins. They used to play that before baseball games at the Sarge. Mm-hmm. All the time. Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> All right. We're out of time in hour number two. Have no fear. ITG is here for hour three. <laughs> that's pretty good. You see, that felt pretty good. I like that. I like that. was good. Uh, hang, hang tight. Uh, more on this. And uh, we got a boatload of stuff to get into. So we hope you'll come back with us here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, 
you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Wait, JC, who sings this? Uh, Darius Washington. Darius Washington. No. He nailed it. Darius Washington. The, the blowman. The, the blowman. You got it. That's right. Hoopty and the blowman. Trans-Siberian <laughs> Orchestra. Blowman. All right. By the way, Trans-Siberian Orchestra uh, sucks. I, I'm oh, just really? going to say it. Nobody, People may not agree with me. I had to go two years in a row because I worked at a radio station. We got free tickets. And I, the first year, I was intrigued for the first 30 minutes. I, I can only hear, like, the heavy metal and violin electric uh, version of... I can only hear that for 15 minutes. That was exactly the song that I was had I had looping in my head when you said... Well, that's all they... It's, they, they get, they, they'll get away from it for, like, a little spell and then get right back to it. And you're like, I just... I can't. I don't like. It. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't. I mean, know. I'm just. Maybe I'm that, just gonna but, say. Uh, I, I should have said it in December when we were talking about Christmas movies, but I didn't. it's okay. It's all right. You just saved it until January. Bring it up again in July when we're searching for uh, content. Uh, some news here from Pete Thamel, uh on uh, X. 
Glenn Thomas has been hired by Nebraska to be the school's new quarterbacks coach. Marcus Satterfield will remain the offensive coordinator, but he will now coach tight ends. Uh, wondering for those that even care, and I know most of you don't, but if you're wondering who Glenn Thomas is, he's been around. Former offensive coordinator at Arizona State and at UNLV. He was in the Steelers organization this past year uh, and also has coached the quarterbacks for the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, the wheels are already in motion. <laughs> You'll still let him call plays, though? I mean, is the host? Light, uh, uh, yeah. light landing here. Light landing. We'll coach that. Uh, but, uh, so that's, that's news uh, out of uh, college football. College basketball tonight. Phil, let's do, let's do it again, my man. We've been doing this for a, a couple of weeks around here, and we've hit the nail on the head every single week. It's probably going to be another chaotic evening in the wild world of men's college basketball. Uh, outside of the SEC, you've got – and you can't watch it unless you subscribe to Peacock, but since the NFL was on Peacock this last weekend, you might all be subscribing to it by now. Second-ranked Purdue is on the road at Indiana. Now, Purdue's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know about that. Uh, Indiana and the Boilermakers both share four-and-two records in the Big Ten. Indiana looking to pull off a, a big upset tonight at Assembly Hall. They've seen a few of those in there over the years. Uh, so we'll see if the Hoosiers can get it done. You also have 19th-ranked TCU in Cincinnati, Ohio, taking on the Bearcats, who are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home over the top 20 Horned Frogs, something to keep an eye on there. You've got ninth-ranked Baylor on the road tonight at Kansas State. And the Wildcats are one-and-a-half-point favorites over the top 10 Baylor Bears, who are 3-0 and in the Big 12. Oh, yeah, also in the Big 12, you've got third-ranked Kansas on the road at 9 o'clock this evening at Oklahoma State, who's just 8-8 eight and 0-3 eight and and in the Big 12. Kansas, though, is only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite and I might add this, this might be a big game for old Mike Boynton, a uh, former Gamecock guard who, th this is an important season for him, guys. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, as it has been for a while, his name has come up uh, with the Gamecocks program. He took over the Cowboys the year after South Carolina, uh, went to the Final Four under Frank Martin, but he's only had them in the dance once. And Mike Morgan, just on the show yesterday asked the question how many how many teams keep coaches around for 10 years that only go to the dance once regardless of whether you make it to the final four well this isn't 10 but Oklahoma State as we all well know has a proud basketball tradition and this is his seventh year there and since going 21 and 9 during uh COVID 2021 like or post-COVID I should say uh they were ineligible for the postseason, and then last year they went to the NIT, and this year they're off to an 8-8, eight 0-3 eight, oh start in the league. They've only had one winning record in the Big 12 since they've been there, and next year the Big 12 is going to look a little bit different without Texas and Oklahoma in it. Uh, so it's it's an important year for Mike Boynton. He's going to have to get it going. He's got a chance to do it tonight with the third-ranked Jayhawks coming to town. And then one other upset alert uh, that we'll, we'll kind of throw at you, 16th ranked Utah State. If anybody hadn't paid attention, Utah State is 16-1, and 4-0 in the Mountain West. But they've got to go to Albuquerque to play in the pit tonight against New Mexico, who is 14-3 and 2-2. Two and two. That's a difficult place to play for anybody 
uh, that hasn't um, kept up with New, Ma- New Mexico basketball. Can't say I blame you. I'm not a big New Mexico basketball fan myself. But I do know that the pit is a place that's hard to play in. And only a couple of days ago, 19th ranked San Diego State walked in there and was thoroughly whipped by 18 points. So we'll see what happens tonight um, versus uh, 16th ranked Utah State. And that, J.C., is you're around the world in college basketball with the exception of what's happening uh, in the SEC tonight where Florida and Tennessee will tangle at 5 o'clock at Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, that game's been moved up because of weather. And as Derek pointed out earlier, Missouri is at Alabama and Texas A&M is at Arkansas tonight. Arkansas trying to get off the schneid. The Aggies just two-and-a-half-point favorites in Bud Walton Arena, all in addition to Carolina and Georgia, which since I last said this, that line has moved up to seven-and-a-half points, Gamecocks. Big favorites. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, that A&M surprises me. I'm, yeah. I'm scared of this Georgia team. I, I think they've got a lot of talent. I think they're better. I think Mike White's a really good X's and O's coach. Better, uh, better bring your A game, Gamecocks. Beware sure. of the yeah. dogs. And yeah. and I, I, you know, the thirteen and one thing is great, but things always kind of sometimes even out, right? <laughs> so. I don't know. Uh, I, I I would think this is a game you look at, you go, it's a, it's a should be a win, especially at home. But uh, this is a a better Georgia basketball team than I think we've seen in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And this is going to be a um, it's a quad three opportunity though uh, by the metrics, but it doesn't matter. You know, like going back to the conversation we had the other day. Um, quad one, the things that matter the most are quad one, quad two wins and quad three, quad four losses. And that, when I say that, it probably sounds duh. And I, and I get that, but like how many quad one victories of the quad one and quad two to be specifically, and then to be specific, I'm sorry. And then. How many losses do you have versus quad three and quad four teams? Now, in saying that, that would not necessarily characterize this as a bad loss if they do lose, uh, but it it wouldn't it wouldn't be a good one either. You know what I mean? So, like, you want to win the game. Um, and one of the things that's hurt South Carolina in the last couple of weeks has been their metrics, and that's why the net ranking uh, kind of slid back from where it was up there in the 30s, and it's down in the 50s. I know that they've. Uh, sustained a loss on the road at Alabama, but it was how they lost the game. The metrics, remember, go into a lot of this. And um, and so they, they, they really need to improve on the things that they're good at doing. With that said, though, Joe Lenardi has, you know, put out today his latest um, bracketology, and he's got the Gamecocks in there as a last four by, which uh, I believe he's got them 39th overall. Uh, because you got the last four buys, and you got the last four in, you got the first four out, next four out, and so be it. Um, so he he's got South Carolina in there as last four buys, and he has the Gamecocks um, off the bubble in the tournament as a ten seed. I pointed out number thirty nine overall, and um, and and the and uh, eight bids right now overall for the SEC. Florida and Georgia are the next two. So the dogs, by virtue of being number 88 overall, according to Joe Lenardi, this is an enormous opportunity for them. Uh, it's a quad one opportunity for them on the road, and uh, and they're going to come in feisty and, and, and ready to try to pick one off. 
Yeah, I, yeah, this team come in and lay down. They they feeling spirited right now. I mean, they lost that heartbreaker to Tennessee that they just let get away from them in like the last five minutes of the game. So they feel like I'm sure at this point that they can play with anybody. That's that's a great confidence building kind of deal, you know, when you're playing one of the top ten teams uh, and hold them like that and just kind of let it slip through your fingers at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, this this team's going to come in with all the confidence to win this game. Uh, but I think that gritty showing in Como over the weekend for South Carolina will do the exact same. So, you know, there's a level playing field, if you will, there. Uh, and this team just needs to come out and execute. I mean, that's the thing. Don't don't shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, they, they do some things, again, as I pointed out the other day, or, or from what they did the other day, that, that wasn't – they won the game without being anything of who they were, except for gritty at, at the end of the game. Outside of that, they turned it over a bunch. You know, they weren't creating shots. They weren't moving the basketball. I mean, it was it was, it was was a pretty poor performance from all the things that we've seen them do well throughout the year. So we want to see them get back to that tonight. I think they will. I think they will. Late tip, going to be a bunch of crazy wild students in there, and I hope – I uh, hope the, everything else kind of fills itself in. Uh, I want to slide back over to Robbie Ashford real quick and uh, give a, some additional details on this young man uh, now that he is the newest quarterback in a uh, little bit fuller room than it was not so long ago. He has left Auburn, transferring to South Carolina, signed with Oregon, uh, and enrolled with the Ducks in the summer of 2020. Originally, he was a, a two-sport star out of high school, a former four-star quarterback a dual threat quarterback also played baseball did play for the ducks baseball program for a little while uh, but jc his offer list was lengthy uh, in addition to oregon uh, he received offers from Ole miss auburn florida uh, and georgia mississippi state missouri texas a&m and vanderbilt out of the sec and in addition to those offers uh, he also received some from other big name programs like uh, Florida State, uh, Louisville, uh, NC State offered him, Penn State offered him, uh, Purdue offered him, uh, Virginia Tech offered him, and then there's a few others you can mix in there like Colorado, Illinois, and things of that nature. But we don't ever know what those offers – you know, some of those offers, as I've kind of done a little bit of research, you probably know more on this than I do. Um, some of those offers weren't even, from what I understand, to, to actually come in and play quarterback. Uh, they liked him so much as an athlete they were going to maybe find something else to do with him. Some of them certainly were. Um, so he's a very intriguing prospect in the fact that this is now almost four years removed from when he first entered college, but he's only played two seasons. So, uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what the future holds, but, uh, he was a highly regarded dual threat quarterback prospect coming out of high school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he's, he's played as far as his run game goes, he's put up some pretty nice numbers for Auburn. Um, you know, it was an ugly season for them. Uh, uh, it was it was crazy because I I don't think I've seen less enthusiasm for Auburn football than there was the first part of the 2022 year. I mean, once they fired Harson and Cadillac took over down the stretch, it, it became Auburn again, almost. Because uh, I remember watching on TV and it, it, like they played Missouri and should have lost, but won miraculously. It was a noon kickoff. There probably sixty thousand there. wasn't loud. But that's very un Auburn, right? Um, and, and he played well. Unfortunately, they brought in the Thorn kid, Hugh Freeze. Uh, does like to play multiple quarterbacks. Peyton Thorn beat him out. 
they apparently like Thorne a lot because they, they didn't. Auburn, surprisingly enough, was not that active in the portal um, going after big-time quarterbacks. Uh, but Freeze also, going back to Ole Miss, he'll play, a couple, he'll play a couple of guys just about every game. That's part of what he does. I remember Ole Miss one time, he played three different dudes at quarterback every single game when Bo Wallace was the starter. Um, and so Ashford kind of played that role. And, uh, you know, now he's coming here and going to uh, play for Dowell Loggins. And my understanding is there is going to be a lot of quarterback run game. It, you saw some of it with Spencer last year, but you don't want, you don't run Spencer Rattler a bunch, you know, because <laughs> uh, he can pass so well. Uh, but Sellers is going to be running. Sellers can throw too. Don't get me wrong, but he's going to, they're going to take advantage of his wheels, do some zone read, take advantage of a revamped backfield. Uh, and Ashford's the type of guy that, you know, if something happens can come in and, and play well. And he's also the type of guy, given his experience, if the light comes on a bit in the passing game, that could really put pressure on Sellers and win the job. I mean, talent's not a talent and athleticism aren't issues with Robbie Asher. Uh, it, it's getting the game. And if anybody can get the absolute most out of him, uh, it's Dowell Loggins, in my opinion. We will, uh, we, he, it's the 16th. There's, when is the first day? Of, well, they've already had the first day of class. So, but there's a cutoff day. You got to cut off. Yeah. Drop that. That's but what it is. There's also a uh, mini master that starts in um, early March. You know, if you get in late, I think, I think Spencer Rattler did that. He came in and mini, mini master. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could take like six hours. I did that one semester. In Carolina. Yeah. Be it was beautiful. I had uh, film acting and women mm-hmm. in politics. Oh, well, that's nice. Back to back. I won't tell you what I did before I went to class every day, but let's just say those those lectures were inspiring mm-hmm. and informative. And I had a nice lunch afterwards. <laughs> Nevertheless, I digress. Oh, speaking of quarterbacks, I need to talk about this this mock. Are we about to hit a break? Because I keep I keep wanting to talk about it. Uh, yeah, we we are. So let's yeah, we're gonna we'll do that. And then... and let me talk about this mock when we get back. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's gonna be very interesting for a lot of you. Shocking. We will uh, take a little bit of a dive into uh, some uh, NFL draft stuff pertaining to uh, South Carolina, of course. And then I didn't even catch y'all's thoughts yet on what happened yesterday in the NFL playoffs, too. It was uh, pretty pretty oh, neat wow. to yeah. see Buffalo. I was texting with Pat DeMarco about it yesterday, and uh, I said, How? never mind. We'll, we'll get into all that a little bit later on. But um, neat to see what they did up there last night and – should be a fun, fun weekend with some Gamecocks still playing football uh, in the NFL. So all that ahead, uh, we've get, still got some hoop stuff to touch on and more. We hope you'll stay with us right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. 
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotra, Convented Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. back to being in Williams Price that day and once he split the safety and you're like jeez Louise he's I got missed it man I sat there with Flint and his condo that day uh, I had tickets Matt Anderson had me tickets right there with uh, our guy Dusty from Rescues and Res and his wife I was, and I just I got to the point where people I just uh, Flint was over the condo we just got to talk and all of a sudden kickoff happened and I was like oh well we missed it. <laughs> Still, I mean, that that was because the moment he split those defenders, that was the first time until that point during the season, guys. Xavier had kind of been a jump baller. Most of his big plays were jump balls at Georgia and wherever else. But um, maybe he had a deep one against Furman. But that that's when you said, "Oh my God, this guy can run too." Mm-hmm. And we should have known that because the dude had a hundred yard kickoff return the previous year and with one shoe on. 
but dude, uh, yeah, that was when that was like holy crap speed. That's that was you talk about freak plays. That was a freak play. It was just your normal crossing route, and then gone. Yeah, gone. Yeah, I mean that. That's he kind of as a Julio Jones type play to me, or a Matt Metcalf or AJ for whoever they can. They he either gets compared to Julio. AJ Brown or or DJ Metcalf constantly, and so it's one of those guys. Well, I hope he ends up uh, playing like all of them, and I hope his bank account looks like theirs at some point in time as well. I mean, Where's he in the latest draft uh, projections? I see him second, second round. Uh, some people are talking about with well, the Panthers, maybe mm-hmm. in the latter part of the first round, first part of the second draft, and a guy. Xavier, it was Xavier, and then this another guy from the SEC. I can't remember who, but uh, yeah. So speaking of mock drafts, get this: this comes from at first round mock. You know, there's a million of these guys, right? But he was a scout for the Jets. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> His name's Daniel Kelly. Uh, it works out of Key West, which you know, that's definitely good. All right. Um, so he he he's got his quarterback board. Um, I'll start from eight and go to one. Eight, J.J. McCarthy, Michigan. Seven, Caleb Williams, Southern Cal. Six, Jaden Daniels, LSU. Five, Drake May, North Carolina. Four, Bo Nix, Oregon. Three, uh, he lost some credibility here, Joe Milton the third, Tennessee. Although wow. if Anthony Richardson could be draft four, drafted fourth, Joe Milton can be drafted pretty high. They, keep in mind, the pros are arrogant. They think if a guy's got – I mean, they, they thought they could make Jamarcus Russell into an all-pro. So, um, Michael Pittix Jr. comes in at QB2. And QB1 from the University of South Carolina, Spencer Rattler. Wow. What is his reasoning? He said uh, – I'm reading shocking. He said it's called it a shocking. He's like, I love – I was love at first sight at Oklahoma. No other quarterback did more than less this season. The Gamecocks faced the hardest schedule in FBS uh, and a personnel deficit, cat quick reflexes, biggest chip on his shoulder, the maturation because of Dowell Loggins, pro ready. Uh, biggest criticism is sometimes he's streaky, but he had a higher completion percentage in his college career than Caleb Williams at 68.5%, 68.9 overall. Caleb was at 66.9. So he and this guy, um, you know, he all right. So and he, he made the point this year. <laughs> Spencer's average time to throw was two point eight two seconds. Compare that to your Washington Commanders, Phil and Sam Howell. Uh, it's two point eight two seconds for him too. So <laughs> that's how little time Butler yeah. had this year, because we all know that the Commanders did not have. The hogs, the, the, the hogs, no more in Washington. Yeah, they are not. Yes, this hogs is no yeah. more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do y'all think that so the Bears have the top pick? Do you think they'll stay there? I don't think so. I, I think what they're gonna, I think they're going to stick with. There's some kind of like so the middle of the season, the whole city was like, yeah, trade Justin Fields. He's a bum. <laughs> well, then the Bears finished like seven and six. They they, they won some games. They beat the Lions. They're a pretty yep. good football team. Uh, almost beat the Packers. And so now it's like, Justin, man, we need to keep Fields. He's a pretty good player, right? Now, those are the fans, but the media, and the word on the street, the insiders for the Bears that you read all, all think now 
Whereas about six weeks ago, probably he's getting traded to like the Falcons and uh, or whatever. Now they're probably going to trade the pick, and much like they fleeced the Carolina Panthers last year, they, they're going to try to try to fleece the Commanders. Your Washington Commanders, Phil, because let's see, and that's what I—they've got what the second pick. Yeah, and and he, yeah. you know, Caleb plays at Southern Cal and went to Oklahoma, but where's he from? Mm, DC. Yeah, he's a DC kid. I mean, that, yeah. that's a dream. I'm hoping him. they resist the urge to do something like that, and and I, I think they should trade the pick because I think there's value to be had on the quarterback board later mm-hmm. in the draft. With what's coming out, this I don't know why everybody's like this is one of the best quarterback draft classes there. Eh, I don't know. I, I see a lot of projects, um, and I think Spencer, to his credit, has had his developmental year this past year. Right? Yeah, that's like yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see him go to you know Washington as a later first round, early second round pick because I, I, you know, while while he's getting love on this one draft board, you found Casey. Something tells me Spencer's not going to be the number one quarterback taken off the board. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I think you they go in there and flee somebody for a couple of ones, maybe even get a couple of years worth of ones from somebody if you get the top picks here. Because I mean, what are you going to do? You going to take what Drake may is that what you know? I mean, yeah, I think it's Caleb. I think for the that for will it, work out. Why would you even consider May? And Caleb Williams is out either. You know, too emotionally soft. I think to <laughs> he needs some therapy before he actually gets in there. Uh, yeah, and I agree. Caleb will be the hometown. I mean, and look, and he's a dual threat guy. And you don't have a good offensive line. I, I think what the Bears are hoping is they can flip flop with the Commanders get the commander's first rounder for next year, which is smart. Uh, and maybe a, a, another couple of picks because they have, they have their pick and they have the Panthers picks. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some kind of package there. And then the, what they want to do is they want to draft Marvin Harrison jr. At number two. And so you'd have DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison jr. And Cole Komet for uh, fields to throw to with a young, improving offensive line. Uh, they also need defensive tackle help um, because uh, they were idiots and did not draft Jalen Carter last year. I don't know why, because uh, <laughs> they they it got to nine. Like me, my stepson and I, the whole time before the draft, we're like, "Gotta draft it, please, please let Jalen Carter fall to the Bears, please, for the love of God, please." And it got to nine, and, and I was in Columbia after that event, and I texted him. I was like, "We got him." I go to the bathroom at the home team barbecue and come back. And I look up. The Bears have traded the pick to the Eagles. <laughs> and they drafted Jalen Carter. And we got Darnell Wright. Yeah. Mm. So, anyway, they need a D tackle, too. They, have Zach, they like Zach Pickens, and they like Jervon Dexter, who they got from Florida in the second, third round last year. But they need a, they need a Jalen Carter, basically. I I think with this Rattler projection, um, I think there's something bigger to think about with this as opposed to dismissing – and I'm not specifically – I'm not saying that I agree with, with his projection. That, that That's not what I'm getting at here because I don't. Um, but I'm also not an NFL draft scout, so who cares what I think? But what I, I think to 
bring uh, some more context to this conversation. And you guys know as well as I know, uh, and, and JC and covering recruiting for as long as you have, it's really not that much different uh, from covering recruiting kids who are high school kids going to play college football and then college football to the NFL. All it takes is one guy to fall in love with you. That's it. That's all it takes. And mm-hmm. so what, I, what I'm kind of getting at here is like we, we see a lot. I mean, each year, you know, you get all these things, these projections, all this stuff. And, you know, we generally know who the top players in the country are. But, um, you know, and we, we hear all the reports. We, we read everything. We, we, we watch the interviews. We watch draft night and their coverage and everybody's rankings of this player and that player and whatever it is. And then, you know, you see a guy who all of a sudden gets kind of drafted in, out of nowhere almost, and you, and you scratch your head. Everybody's kind of scratching your head. Well, the reason for that is because it takes one guy. There's really no other reason. You know, one guy sees one player that they just cannot get enough of for whatever reason that may be. Maybe they, maybe they create some type of connection, uh, personal connection or something. Um you know, they interview him enough, they talk to enough coaches, and they find out his story, they talk to his parents, they talk to his friends, and that's what these guys do, right? I mean, when, it, when, when they're going to draft a kid, you know, they talk to everybody. I mean, they, talk, they go talk to third-grade math teachers and stuff. Like, it's wonky stuff that happens for these – a lot of these prospects that are going to the NFL. And, um, and, and sometimes what happens is they fall in love with one kid. And then they sell that kid to the organization and they go out and they, they take a heater on them and, and it works. And sometimes it doesn't work. So not to sit here and try to be educational to everybody and explain how the NFL draft works. Like I'm some know-it-all. I'm not saying that. I, I think it's just a good opportunity to remind people that it only takes one guy to fall in love with you. And if they do, and you've performed well, who knows what could happen? So I don't, when I hear the third and fourth round draft projections by people on Spencer Rattler, I don't buy that. Good I think steal. I, I, I don't buy it. And I don't buy it for the reasons that she, I go back to when Spencer Rattler came to South Carolina and a lot of the national media and pundits or whatever. Um, heck, a lot even of the uh, not a lot, but certainly some fans here and, and elsewhere really questioned uh, Coach Beamer. Uh, remember all the questions he was getting? He was getting questions about what type of guy is Spencer Rattler and and uh, what type of teammate is he? And, and Shane was was quick to kind of come out and say, look, I know what y'all read and I know what you hear. This is the Spencer Rattler that I know, you know, when, the one that I was involved with at Oklahoma, and that's why he's here at South Carolina. And, and what, have, what have we learned in two years? He was all that and more, actually yeah. way more. Uh, so, like, if we've learned anything about Spencer Rattler is he can sell himself in addition to being a really good football player. So I don't buy the third and fourth round stuff. I think that human nature will take over. And he's a combine guy, Phil, JC. He's a combine guy, much like Xavier Leggett. These are what the combine are built for, these guys. And yeah. and, and they're, they're, they'll probably go to the combine – and, and and when they perform well, somebody out there is going – they're not going to be able to get them out of their head. They're not going to be able to go to sleep at night. You know what I mean? Like, this is my quarterback. Now, I can't take him here, but sweet Jesus, how can we find a way to get him here? Um, and, and I think that's going to really work out for him. 
Yeah, I mean, he's gonna he's definitely gonna put up strong numbers at the combine. It really is kind of made for him. And then, I mean, you know, and and it was like Coach Beamer said on the show the other day when Mike asked him, it was like, or you know, NFL you know, scouts contacting you. He was like, yeah, they have been. And then, you know, they, they will be again as this process gets a little closer. We know it's coming and, and, you know, it's, uh, and he's got a great story. I think that for me is part of every young NFL players issues as they go through it. Not that I've ever been through it, but, you know, hearing interviews and, 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 you know, seeing some of the greats that have gone through it and talking about their early days in the NFL, there's this maturation process that you have to go to go through. That's even bigger than going from like high school to college. Uh, and that now you're playing with not just, you know, a few elites, like these are the elite of the elites across the world. And uh, I think Rattler's experience in college has kind of put him through that, or at least kind of kickstarted that for him already mm-hmm. uh, to where, he's going to be a bit further along mentally than a lot of his peers in this draft class. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think he can step right in and I'll tell you this going. Th- I say what you, I mean, you know, obviously Mark Satterfield is a disaster as an offensive coordinator, but you all, but you also have guys in the NFL that are disastrous. The same crap Marcus did. And then playing for a guy like Loggins, who has that experience out there, and uh, I, I think that the connection there was it was the same concepts Marcus Satterfield was trying to teach, but Marcus Satterfield was trying to call it like an NFL deal with seventeen word play calls and stuff. And uh, you know, with Loggins, it's called blue or something, or one blue, one blue, something like that. You know, <laughs> and and so the but the concepts are the same. It's still. When people stay pro style offense, that usually when you dig into it, it means your quarterback is making progressions and reading defenses. Uh, non pro style offenses like Tennessee, their offense, it looks like there's five guys in the pattern, but really they're calling something to one side of the field 80% of the time. A, uh, an SEC defensive coordinator uh, that shut them down pretty good told me that. So <laughs> they figured it out that, that like they have a, um, a sniffer yeah. kind of in their formation and they're going to one side or the other. Most of the time it's hard to guess, but you, you can, but whereas in, in a pro style system, your quarterback's making reads. That's what Spurrier's offense was, was essentially pro style, even though it, only, it worked in college. Anyway. Yeah. It, it, right. Yeah. And we could, shoot we could really weave in and out of that all day long as you know yeah. as far as the so, different versions and elements of a yeah. pro style like steve's think, was fairly simple compared to some of the others but. oh yeah yeah so i think his also was predicated more on receipt what we're called receiver option routes nobody talks about this uh because the, the, all the spotlight was on the quarterbacks but the receivers in coach spurrier's offense if you notice it kind of took them a little while sometimes to get going right like sydney rice against Central Florida, I don't think had a catch or maybe one in his first year. By game three against Georgia, he was catching everything because the light came on. Alshon didn't start until his fourth game because the light came on. And, and so what your receivers and Coach Spurrier's offense have to do is they have an option route. If it's cover two, you're running here, making it look like this. it's either going to be a post or a, or a dig. 
or a slant, you know, this is going to run this slant against this defense. And Spurrier would call it and, and mess all the same plays, but with different formations. And boom, boom, boom. Uh, and, and when it was working, mm. it was a thing of beauty because you, the defense could not – if they play one thing, you know, you do one thing, I'm going to go here. You do another thing, I'm going to go here. That's actually in the art of war, which Coach Spurrier read <laughs> before he came up with all this. You know, go where your opponent is not. And that's exactly what they did. But it was a lot of it was on the receivers. That's why sometimes you'd see Steven Garcia or Rex Grossman or whoever throw a pass early in a game and there's nobody there. What the hell are you doing? Unless the receiver yeah. running the wrong option. Right? Yeah. Don't do a spot on the field. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. on the quarterback at all. Oh, shoot. You better run the right route. Junior, you better tell him to start running the right rounds. And they had to be, they're precise too. Against Clemson in 06, I'll tell you this story. Uh, a coach that was uh, kind of connected with that Clemson staff at the time told me this too. Clemson had him scouted, and most of Spurrier's routes were like, you know, 10 to 11 yards, stop, come back on the comeback routes. For that game specifically, and I think there was an open – there may have been an open date, maybe not before that one. No, that was the year they played Middle Tennessee the week before. Um, so, anyway, during the preparation for that game, Coach Spurrier changed the routes to nine and a half yards. <laughs> and if you notice, that comeback route was up in time. And, and Clemson had really good DBs. But for guys like Freddie Brown, <laughs> saying, woo, here we go, comeback route. Um you know, and, and and that adjustment just threw Clemson's defense, you know, off. So there you go. There's a, there's a little story about Coach Spurrier. Yeah, we'll make it nine and a half. How about that? Handball coach. And it better be nine and a half. You it is uh, one one forty <laughs> rescues and resin guys. If you haven't been to rescuesandresin.com and you really want something neat to soup up whatever you've got, whether it's your home or your camper or your a beach house or whatever it may be, man, they can custom make anything, anything. So you can call Dustin and Tabitha and walk through it with them. You know, you won't need like a wood table, like an end table or something like that. Do you need a, a cutting board? Do you just want some Gamecock coasters? Uh, part, a portion of their proceeds as well always goes to Carolina Rise and the NIL efforts at the University of South Carolina. So if you're planning to do something like that, hopefully – uh, you'll take them up on their offer to make it expertly. You've probably seen their commercials run here. And then, of course, uh, some of that money will go to help the athletes at Carolina. So it's, it's, it's for a great cause, but it's also just fantastic stuff. They sent me a, a whole set of coasters. We use them every single day. They will never go bad because of how they do it. They'll never have stains on them. There's little circles from the bottom of a cup or anything like that. I mean, personally, I'm a Yeti guy, so I don't have to worry about that. But my kids aren't. And uh, so they use these coasters all the time. They're awesome. You can literally custom order anything. You could put your 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 dog's face on it if you want to. Uh, if you've got something that's got an autograph on it and you want to find a way to get that onto a custom-made piece of wood or a cutting board or a table or a coaster or anything, wall art, they can do that too. Spencer Rattler might have his autograph. You want to put that on some wall art? Give it to him. Let him do it rescuesandresin.com we are proud partners with them uh can't wait to see those guys soon cannot thank them enough for what they do for us for all of you and certainly uh for all the gamecocks out there rescuesandresin.com if you forget that just pull up the chief sports app and look in our partner section you'll find them and uh, you can click on and, and their button and see a lot of what they do send them an email order some stuff right there online rescuesandresin.com all right we will step aside for our final Time out here on a rainy 
Tuesday afternoon. You are watching and listening to Inside the Gamecocks, this show live from the Sinorama Studios. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. screen and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown Brewer. His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns to Cody. Touchdown number three of the afternoon. Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise and it's done on time and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious, it's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. And we welcome you to Founders Park. It's time for baseball, folks. Oh, there's a blast. Ball rid the right and deep and gone. Swing and a drive. Left field, way back and gone. The ball into the air the opposite way. Has he done it twice? Yes, he has. There's a blast off the bat of Wimmer. Morgan looks up and this one is long gone. There's a high drive. What else can this young man do, Derek? My goodness, that ball was killed. One month away, Gate Got Baseball making its way back to Founders Park. And that man and his counterpart, Cole Messina, will be the stars of the show, at least as the season begins. Mark Kingston's group looking to get to Omaha after finishing last year in Gainesville in the Super Regionals. I 
can assure all of you we will have plenty on Gamecock baseball uh, over the next few weeks as we get you ready to go for first pitch one week away in, or one month away, one month away, one month away, one month away. Because I, I was sitting there thinking, maybe my next trip to uh, Columbia is opening weekend. I think I'll well, have to be, hit Columbia around that time. So I got that U2 concert. Oh, that's I told you all the story about this, right? Yeah, it's on Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, until like Tuesday, until like uh, Sunday night, Monday night, I had no idea the Super Bowl was in Las Vegas this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was like, why, are, why is our return flight so much on Monday? Oh, I just thought people, because, you know, people go to Vegas for the Super Bowl. I mean, people flood Vegas for the Super Bowl, even when it's not there. And, and so I'm just sitting there like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll find a place to watch the game or whatever. And I was like, where is the Super Bowl this year? I look up, it's it's in Las Vegas. So we're gonna be out there amidst the madness. Uh wow. concert Saturday. Crazy. And then yeah, so it uh I, I thought I'm gonna go down to the stadium and just walk around and just yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna so, take in any of the fan experience soak stuff. Soak in the atmosphere, dude. Why not? I mean I've never been oh, to the yeah, Super Bowl. Absolutely. I've been mm-hmm. to a national national championship game in college football and college basketball. Um and that's it. Never a World Series or never a College World Series, but uh, Super Bowl is on the bucket list. Uh, keep waiting, you know. Maybe, maybe someday a team I care about will go back. <laughs> but uh, I looked at tickets. There's no way I'm going to the actual game. I mean, you know, the tickets sixty nine hundred dollars for the corners mm-hmm. in the upper deck. Yeah, I saw that, that. That's high. That's high. So <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not 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 planning on doing that. But uh, we, I, it's down. The stadium is down. I think toward Mandalay Bay. You can walk around down there a whole bunch. I, I don't know. I'm gonna we're gonna soak it in, man. After watching you two at the Spear, which should be trippy. Um, That'll but, be uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, but my point is, opening day in baseball is right like two three weeks after that. So that probably be like the around the time I'm gonna need to be back in Columbia for a number of reasons. So maybe I'll. Uh, Take in the series or, or a game or two. Miami of Ohio will be uh, in town to open the season against the Gamecocks. Some, by the way, some some really sad news today uh, from the football world. I don't know. I know you'll remember, JC, because you covered him. But uh, a lot of you may not remember the name. He was the number one player in 2010's recruiting class, Ronald Powell, who mm-hmm. played for the Florida Gators, uh, passed away. At the age of 32 years old, uh, they have not revealed the cause of death. Um, however, uh, it, it, medical emergency was the term that was used for Ronald Powell. Now, I remember when he was being recruited and he could play football, but he, I remember he tore his ACL a couple of times, too, and, and really never got that career off the way he wanted to get it off down there. And get, he, did, he did play a little bit in the NFL. Yeah, uh, he got it, Dre. He was healthy, I think, senior year. Uh, played for Muschamp. Uh, I think actually, no, he was a he was a he was a he was urban urban and then, recruit, and then, and then Muschamp, yeah. Muschamp, and got drafted third or fourth round, and he had a cup of coffee. I remember who was it? He played for the Bears. I remember watching some team and knowing Ronald Powell. Uh, he was like a backup. I, he wasn't. I think he played for the Saints. Uh, yeah, okay, Saints. yeah. Uh, he's from. He was a weird get for Florida because he's from uh, uh, California, from the, the mm-hmm. Inland Empire in Los Angeles. And that was when the Gators were rolling, right? He was part of that until Alabama's 2021 class. That was the high Florida's 2010 class 
was the highest rated numerical class per 24-7 composite in the history of recruiting. And about 75% wow. of those guys bust city. Yeah. Never played. Yeah. It was amazing. Powell was actually one of the ones that made it through because uh, Muschamp took over. And there was it was just one of those things, a lot of talent in that class, a lot of bad apples. And Muschamp kicked half of them off the team. Uh, and the, the, you know, Dominique Easley made it through. Ronald Powell made it through. Um, you know, guys like Vernon Hargraves, obviously, but, uh, Florida, that was, that was a fool's gold. I always tell that story about that class when people start to freak out about recruiting rankings. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I don't even have to go back that far when it comes to recruiting rankings. I just go to the national championship game, look at who Washington, you know, Michigan, their, their recruiting rankings that to play in the national championship game, they weren't good. I mean, Michigan's certainly very respectful, uh, generally in the top 15, but, Washington, not so much, and there they were playing for the for the whole shebang. Uh, yeah. Just because you, a lot of things can come together differently. Uh, Yet another reason why I think Kalen DeBoer is the, they, they, Alabama, their incredible. athletic editor, they hired the best coach. They hired the best coach they possibly could. And I don't care yeah. if you talk, you talk about no Sarkeesian, Norvell, Dan Lanning, whoever. Kalen DeBoer is the best coach they could hire. You know? mm-hmm. Now, if they're yeah, sitting I, at 10th in recruiting, they're going to bitch, but, you know, that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Um, I personally don't think that um, anything. If he if he doesn't pan out for some reason in Alabama, and I don't think that's true. I think he's going to go down there and be pretty good. But if he doesn't, I, I think it will have absolutely zero to do with what type of football coach he is. It have nothing to do with that. It would have to do with everything that lands on your desk that has nothing to do with football. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, some guys just can't handle that. I don't know if he can or can't. I would imagine that uh, he certainly believes that he can or he wouldn't have taken the job. I also imagine that he probably didn't care because he was going to go ahead and take the probably whatever's going to be, $100 million or whatever it is that gets offered to him. I doubt it would be that much. But I would, what do you all think he's going to get? We haven't seen a real contract yet, right? So oh, not 10 at least, I think. 10, 10 yeah. a year for how long? Washington, Washington was going to go eight or nine for him. Yeah. So, so he's gonna, he'll, he'll go over 10. But how long is it going to be? Five years. You gonna go five? Well, let's keep in mind Jimmy Sexton's involved. So, yeah, I, my guess is this: five, but it's all fully guaranteed. In other words, he gets all of his money regardless. So, yeah, he gets you know, forty-five, fifty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, buyout included. Yeah, I, it, you know, you couldn't have done any better, in my opinion. I mean, he's a proven winner everywhere he's gone. Uh, he's proven to be adept in the current landscape of the portal and NIL and attracting players to, you know, a place that's not traditionally what one would consider attractive. Although, if you know, you know, football up in the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon, and, you know, I mean, they really love their college football up there. Yeah, it's uh, a, but, yeah, I mean, Getting guys to go up there is is still a different thing than you know having a, a solid yeah. fan base. You cheering they, for you. <laughs> I, if you really want to piss off somebody from T Town, just tell them they stole a play out of the old Auburn playbook. They went to the oh, Pacific Larson. Northwest to hire their oh, next Lord. head coach. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what this hire reminds think, me of. Y'all think about that for a second. Think about that for a quick second. Like, seriously, think. Oh, this is the SEC. We need an SEC guy. We need an SEC guy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay within the family. Blah 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 blah. Auburn goes to Boise, Idaho. Now he's not there anymore, but Auburn goes to Boise, Idaho, and brings that cat in. And Alabama, like the two most southern schools of southern schools, when it comes to football, 
goes to Washington. <laughs> look, here's the thing. And now look, Alabama at one point hired Washington State's coach too, Mike Price. Well, that's a good point. Tide. It's rolling, I mean, baby. LSU hired, you know, Brian Kelly from, from Notre Dame. You know what that tells me? These guys, they they don't buy into all the SEC BS. That's not yeah. what they do. They go try to get the best coach they can find. They don't really yeah. care where they come from. Nick Saban uh, never coached a day in his life before he went to LSU in the SEC. Right. And just, left his entire staff at Michigan State and raided Valdosta State for one Kirby Smart and one Will Muschamp and – you know, those guys were in their 20s, 30s when he hired them. And it worked out pretty good. Bo Davis, you know. I mean, uh, but it – A little bit, little bit different from what Jed Fish has done, right? Jed Fish leaves Arizona for Washington and takes the whole team with him. <laughs> oh, the whole offensive staff. I mean, he's – it looks like he pulled up a school bus. All right, y'all hop in. Let's, you know. Let's, we're loading up the bus. I don't know what interstate this is. I'll tell you, it's Arizona made a hell of a hire, though. That dude's been winning at San Jose State. That's a hard job. Yeah. And he's an Arizona alum. I think I think they knew. They're like, all right, old Jed, you, you know, chase your dreams, buddy. We're going to we're gonna get us a wildcat down here. But um, I'll say this. The hire at Alabama, I was trying to think of something to compare it to. It reminds me of when Jimmy Johnson left Miami and they went and hired Dennis freaking Erickson. Probably, well, who was the best coach they could hire? They, they didn't go worry about promoting from what well, Jimmy took most of his staff to Dallas with him. Uh, they didn't worry about promoting from within. They didn't worry about splash. They went and hired Washington State's coach who was killing it at Pullman, Washington. And guess what? They won two more national championships after mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson left. Um, and that's what kind of hired this reminds me of. It's not an off the wall like Ron Zook replacing Spurrier because he has connections. It's not a it's not a Will Muschamp. Poor Will Muschamp had to replace Urban Meyer and Steve Spurrier. <laughs> that poor guy. Um, by the way, congrats. On, I, I don't think he's retiring, but he's kind of taking a step back so he can watch his son play ball next year. So congratulations to Will for that. Uh, uh, T-Rob is now on staff at Georgia. So there you go. And then he went back and interviewed. Did you see that? Yeah, and then stayed at Georgia. I mean. Um, now. Caleb wow. DeBoer's already made a hell of a hire. Uh, his former Indiana buddy, Kane Womack, the head coach at South Alabama, is the Crimson Tides D coordinator. That's Dave Womack's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kane is a brilliant coach. Uh, wins this, uh, coach uh, Jake Bentley played for him his last year. Great guy. Great coach. Um, so that's a yeah, – I'd take him over T-Rob all day and twice on Sunday. So mm. roll tide. But uh, nah, I, and I, it reminds me of Dennis Erickson. I mean, it's the. I was just trying to think, like, where's there been something similar to this? Where, yeah, you kind of get a guy that's not not on the radar, you know, in the SEC, out of out of footprint, out of the South, and somebody with no connections to your school, but you get a guy that's an elite football coach, like a proven elite guy. Yeah, and I, I just can't think of any other uh, comparison at a powerhouse program that. You know, was have that was on a roll that did that, and fortunately for Alabama, it worked for Miami. Uh, other schools are just too dumb to make things like that happen sometimes. Now, what you could argue Ken Hatfield to Clemson was that type of hire back in the day, and of course, that failed miserably. So, we'll see. Mm. Well, we didn't, we got through three hours once again here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Mm-hmm. 
By the way, WJM4, Must Champs, uh, they settled the Must Champ thing with a lump sum payment back in uh, 2020. So he, while some coaches are still getting paid by South Carolina, <laughs> he is not. No. That's my yeah. understanding. He, I think, yes. I think he received a $12.9 million negotiated buyout, right? Yeah. Now, Brad Scott may still be getting paid by South Carolina. <laughs> hey, none of those deals are as bad as Allen Iverson and Bobby Bonilla. Allen yeah. Iverson gets a $50 million check when he turns 50. Nice. You think Adidas is still anxious to pay that? Probably not. Or Reebok? Or Reebok? Bobby Bonilla Day every year at baseball. Every year. Yep. It's Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, but no, it's uh, – Yeah, he um, – Tennessee, they broke it down last year. They still had, like, on payroll, getting checks every month, like eight different coaches for majors, for, for football and men's basketball. Oh, well. I, sh- I was – I made terrible decisions with my future years ago. I should have uh, – Yeah, I think about that all the time, and, and then I, I realized that I could not coach football because I don't have any depth perception. So I'd really struggle. I don't. I can't. I can't even put together furniture because I can't see things in three D. You wouldn't so have been I, a very good. I'd be. I'd be a terrible offensive coordinator. What are we seeing here, JC? What team? I can't. Wait a minute. Is that a line squiggly? Oh, thanks. I, now, now, Jimmy Sexton. Could I? Should I go on to law school or maybe not? And been Jimmy Sexton? Yes. Right. <laughs> That's, that would have been. There was I don't love that that dude. That, right. mm-hmm. I, Jimmy Sexton's where I should. Thanks to Hale McGranahan and Derek Scott for joining us today. Gamecocks tip at 9 tonight. Derek Casey on the air at 8.30. Hopefully tomorrow we'll have something fun to talk about from a hoops standpoint. Carolina looking to go to 15-2 overall, 3-1 in the SEC. For JC Mad Dog, I am JB. We'll be back tomorrow at 11. Part of the Chief Sports Network. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co., and served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. We'll see you tomorrow.